Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial, visit audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Beck Petratus and Ben Russell. Hello, my name is Beck. Hello, it's a both of joy and a privilege to be talking to you, the listener, as well as these two people in the studio. Oh, I thought we were going to be excluded. I'm no, no, happy no. to be included. Not at all. <laughs> ben won't talk to us, but he'll only talk to the yes, listeners. this whole time. <laughs> Have your own conversation. That's right, listeners. It's we, you and me. He can hear you, this. but we can't. Ben's yeah. not making any eye Feel contact. Feel ask me any questions <laughs> that you would like. <laughs> Ben's uh, having a call-in podcast. We'll talk about a book over here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me. This week we are looking at uh, an Australian classic. Mm. um, People uh, suggest books that I should do on the show, and I basically got to about episode 25 on the show. I realised I hadn't done any Aussie classics. So I put the call out there, hey, tell me what Australian classics you'd like me to do. And to be honest, there's only maybe a few options that came in. There's not that many things. Popularly referred to as an Australian classic. Possum magic's pretty short. Oh, thank God. I'm going to do that next <laughs> week. Man, I need to get ahead here. Let's talk about the subtext and themes <laughs> of possum magic. What do you think about Vegemite? Ooey gooey, Wombat Stew is next. Oh, that would be great. Loved Wombat yeah, Stew. Yeah, Wombat Stew. Hell yeah. I wish that I, I honestly wish that I had done that. It would have saved me a lot of time. Mm. But I've done another classic, though. I Beck did pick up the book and say, oh, it's not that big. Uh, this week we are talking about uh, Joan Lindsay's Picnic at Hanging Rock. Mm. Mysterious. Oh, very. Yeah, delicious. Do we know much about this? Picnics, I mean. About this book. We've talked slightly off off, it, off the pod about this, but, Beck, you haven't read this or mm-hmm. seen the very famous Australian film. I think I have seen the film, but I think I saw it when I was too young to really take much in apart from being spooked. I remember being spooked. It is spooked. spooky, yeah. Oh, mm. it's spooked? Lots of spooks. I ah, remember yeah. seeing it in high school, mm. the movie. Was it like a wheel-in situation where, like, you're watching this today, you Yeah, the bloody teacher dorks. just couldn't be bothered. So. Yeah. It's one of those ones. See, What's we you... did that with Shrek for a while. I don't know why. Well, it's an important literary work. <laughs> it's true. I did learn a yeah. lot I'll about do that next week as the well. Muffin Man. Yeah. Yes. All children should read the novelization of Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just the screenplay? Yeah. Oh, um, no, you've got to novelize it. <laughs> you've got to change yeah. a few details. Yes. You've got to change a few details, get into a couple of, you know, some subtext, what yeah. people are thinking. Like how describe did a door. the donkey and the dragon end up with children? That's yeah. in the novelization. That That's is where explored. you find out, yeah. It's very graphic. Too much detail. As well as the birth. 
That sounds painful. Actually, the birth's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. The birth is natural. I mean, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, how dare you? Oh, because yeah. the dragon is giving birth to a donkey. And also because it's women are beautiful, it's even like when they're dragons. It's like a German shepherd giving birth to some chihuahua pups, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's fine. That is fine. But the other yeah. way around. Other way around, not so fine. They're going to have to have a cesarean. That's mm. But cesareans? Ethically, ethically, what are you doing? Cesareans well. are still okay. I reckon. I reckon. I was, I'm going to go out there, guys. I was a I believe that. Yeah. I don't know why you guys know that. Wait, like you just went, cesarean. <laughs> just went from advocating it to shaming it, <laughs> yeah. just like that. That was quick. I can snap a little head. Oh, you, you don't even, you can't follow me. Yep. Uh, you cannot follow you, no. no. But yes, I remember the movie by Peter Weir, acclaimed Australian director, mm. and it was one of those surreal kind of, very surrealist, uh, bizarre kind of early, you know the, that area, that time, in Australian cinema where it was just all like weird stuff going on. And they just would do, they loved a dream sequence that was confusing and probably had a little nudity in it. Yes. And that was the Australian movie industry at the time. <laughs> yeah, lots of things, weird things happening in the outback. Yeah, yeah. to the sound of a pan flute. Were there yeah. pan flutes? Am I imagining pan flutes? Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, like, the tune is great. The soundtrack is amazing. You should mm. check it out. I can't um recite I won't do it justice doing the uh, theme song but, but it's very good hear your impression whoop, of a pamphlet again whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> nah <laughs> I enjoy that no it's just Homer on the ground yeah whoop, 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 whoop. another great surrealist uh, film would be Bliss I really mm. like that of that kind of era I'm not familiar with Bliss. Was there pan flutes involved? Uh, there's pan flutes. There's like there lots of crickets in the background that rise as like a a fade in of you know like a Fox getting eaten with worms. Like, mm. that's the kind of, like, sort of bizarre, you know, uh, Jodorowsky-esque mm. uh, films that we're looking at. Then that, that I would say that's very apt for this one. This film, at least. It's very bizarre. Well, I'd like to know, because I actually haven't seen the film, despite it being an Australian classic, how similar they are. So, have you, have you noticed anything? If this is as weird as the movie, let me know. Mm. Uh, people do suggest this book, as I uh, as I said. So a few of those people are Tanil Mifsud from Wollongong. Fantastic! Thanks for writing in, Tanil. <laughs> Nelly from Melbourne. Nelly, thank you so much. A further away now, Lisa Clark from Glasgow. Ah, ah. Lisa. <laughs> hey, and so this got out of the country. People think this yeah. is yeah. Anyone can anyone can do it. Oh yeah, that's the beauty. Can of books. people look at our stuff? Don't look at our stuff. Everyone can look at our, our stuff. Our stuff is all yucky. Yeah. Yucky. Don't mm. look at Australian stuff. What about uh, Adam Turnbull's also had a look from Newcastle in England? Ah, ah. Newcastle. Beautiful. Beautiful <laughs> place. Uh, what about Abra from Canberra? Thank Abra, you, Abra from Canberra. Abra Cam- Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. You probably got that a lot in uh, uh, school and workplaces, and I apologize. And uh, finally, Jacob Lane from Perth. Ah, Jakey Lane. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Go check out, uh, you know, probably hanging out at the Cottesloe Beach uh, or the, and then maybe you go to the Club Bay View and enjoy some uh, stullies. Well, go to that pub I went to once there and then we went to go get brunch (laughs) and we asked for the breakfast sausage and they didn't bring it out with the rest of the brunch, but then they brought it out on a separate plate and it was just a sausage on a plate and they went, here, this is. Beautiful pub. One of the best pubs. Beautiful pub. The one with the. the Sausage plate pub. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and no matter what you order, they always just bring you out a single. It's like bread. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a singular and it's sausage. Never with your meal. Yeah. Always just you just. And it's baked. It's not fried. Yeah, it's really strange. You ever seen a baked sausage? 
<laughs> no, but I'd like to. It's it tastes delicious, but it looks weird. I mean, that's Ugh. yeah, it looks bizarre. It's not your classic kind of seared barbecued sausage we're talking about. Does it have the Ben Russell seal of approval? I enjoyed. I had it for a dinner just uh, last night. You baked That's why some it's sausages. Fresh in my mind. Wait, this is real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually much healthier too, because uh, oh. it doesn't have all that oil right. drips off in That's the bacon. The and what way does it look? What does it look like? It's just a, a crunchier, but not. You don't have any of that sear because it's baked, right? So mm. there's no black on it. It's just the... But that's the good part. Yeah. Well, for many, that is the good part. But, it, it, I mean, it was cooked to But is it and... the same all the way around? Yes. A lot of consistency on the yeah, skin. Yeah, consistent, a consistent skin sausage. <laughs> you can I like eat it and then you can get compost? You Why? can eat and get plywood. <laughs> you, what do you mean? You eat the sausage uh-huh. and then when you eat the sausage, you can buy some paint. I don't know. Oh, what are you talking about? You eat the sausage and you go in and what you can get your, a cactus. What's your reference? Because oh, you've lost you me. Eat it. You can buy a hammer. <laughs> I don't understand this. I'm, I'm no eating a sausage. I, uh, sorry, I, I realized that I, I meant to say I like consistency, but I just said I like skin. <laughs> and then I started talking. And I needed to clear that up just in case anyone heard me say I like skin. <laughs> can someone please <laughs> take that's that? out of the bag. <laughs> take I that. Mean, I, like I like consistent skin. Just be on the record. I like yeah. consistent skin. I heard that you like skin. You're a freak. <laughs> oh god. Oh. I prefer skin. I prefer to see all the muscles. <laughs> Just bare muscles. Oh. Yeah. Great. Of the skin. Sorry, this was a the thing I was doing was a reference to Bunnings selling I sausages. Know, I was just giving you. But I also time. just realized you just mentioned a bunch of people from overseas, so it yeah. just sounds like I've lost it. Well, they yeah. also like skin. Don't you worry about that. I'm so worried about you. In Glasgow, they love skin. Uh, yeah. Well, no. who doesn't love skin? Skin <laughs> protects us. It keeps us warm. I'm never going to fall asleep near Sweats. either of you. Without skin, we couldn't sweat. That's a fact. We wouldn't need to because yeah, our insides would, would be, be out. Because we'd hot. die. No, our insides would be out. We'd be cool. No, uh, but there's a layer of muscle that keeps everything in. You reckon you just your skin is the only layer of defense? That's it. Well, you're just a bag of skin. Yeah. Like, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am, but it's that's just because I'm really, I've really messed up my insides. Just a skin Blended bowl it up. Held together Whoa. with bones. I like the sound of that. <laughs> is this part of the book? I like skin bowl. It's going on the record. All and right. it's the championship where the skin, two winning skins come together and fight it out. Ah. I'm there for you. Uh, please. Uh, Peter can Hanging Rock, let me tell you a little bit about the background here. It's a novel published in 1967 by Australian author Joan Lindsay, who was 71 years old at the time. It's her most famous book, hmm. so there's still time. Guys, there's still time to write your classic. Yeah. Pretty exactly. good effort. Yeah, very good. Seven mm. In the 70s, 60s, 60s, 64. 60s, and she's in ah, 70. The mm. swinging 60s. The perfect time to write about a rock. That's right. And it is a very, you know, it is psychedelic to a degree. So mm. It is described as a historical gothic novel. And it caused a stir at the time of publication for the, uh, because it's set decades earlier and it's written as if it was a true story. Mm. I thought it actually was from that time. So this is my perspective on it was right. I'm surprised it was written in the 60s. It's the kind of like the original sort of Blair Witch Project style. Yeah. It is, yeah, like, yeah. Is this real? Mm. It is, very much so. And I know that a lot of people... I was having this discussion, maybe I'm going to be honest with you, two months ago, where I was Thank you. like, for your honesty, so we were discussing whether the picnic at Hanging Rock was real, right? And, and some people were adamant. Some people were like, "Yeah, it definitely happened." I was like, "Absolutely, it didn't." I've it's I've like a, done the research for so some she, reason. I don't know why. I think she, 
is she the Australian Orson Welles? Is that what happened? Like she created yeah, this is like, her world, cool. War of the Worlds. It's a bit less um, robot-y. <laughs> Don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's too late now. Well, for the critics and the doubters, there is there's a foreword written at the top of Picnic Hanging Rock. It just says, whether Picnic Hanging Rock is fact or fiction, my readers must decide for themselves. As the fateful picnic took place in the year 1900, and all the characters who appear in this book are long since dead, it hardly seems important. Cool. That's like Trump's opinion on facts, isn't it? That's kind of <laughs> cool. Like she's an original sort of like, well, what is truth? She, this is the original fake news. Yeah. 60s fake news. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of people at the time, and as as you say, Ben, people, mm. people the, still to this day. Probably conscious that it's it, it's real. I went to Hanging Rock with my family and my dad was legitimately like, don't, don't run off. Don't run off too far. Don't run off too far. Right, because he was thinking that something yeah, might happen Yeah, I think he might think it was this book place where you disappear. Yeah, right. Probably. Or maybe that's why he took me there. He's like, off you go. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Slide down the rocks. All I remember from the movie is Miranda. 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 <laughs> and then. All I remember from Hanging Rock the Place was that I was disappointed that the rock was not actually hanging. Mm. It's sort of just lodged. Yeah. They don't tell you that until you get there and you well, go, this is just a lodged rock. Well, they well, shoot you themselves can... on the foot of that. I want it spookily hanging in the air. Like you go up and you're like, oh, how? You can, st- oh, ha- uh, you can still hang while lodged. <laughs> in fact, I would rather be lodged while hanging. Do you know what? Yeah, you're right. It actually yeah. is my perspective that's the problem. Yeah. I'm sorry, rock. I forgive you. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I for one hope we hear more from that rock throughout this book. <laughs> Is the rock another character? I would love oh, that yeah. if it just cuts oh, the rock. Yeah. The things I've seen or not seen. I don't know where the kids went. Don't ask she me. stole from me. <laughs> what did she steal? All my stories. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the, the rock sounds like uh, a character from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna make it disappear. Are you Australian? Are you an Australian rock? I'm a rock. I'm okay. from the world. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right. So the opening. So that's the foreword. But the opening line. I always start with the opening line just yeah. to give a bit of a yep. flavour of Joan Lindsay. Yep. Everyone agreed that the day was just right for the picnic to Hanging Rock. A shimmering summer morning, warm and still, with cicadas shrilling all through breakfast from the laquay trees outside the dining room windows and bees murmuring above the pansies bordering the drive. Now that is the opening. That's a a scary, scary novel. It it sounds nice, except I would not go picnicking if the bees were around. That seems like an error. Are you Um, allergic? You want bees to be around. I mean, that means that everywhere is healthy. Bees are good. (laughs) You need to stop projecting your own fears on bees. We should be friends with the bee. Nah. Nah. I take your honey. You stay out of my honey bread. Nah. Bees are good. No. They're great. Bees are good. You're fucking... I mean, (laughs) you're out of control. (laughs) I'm out Sorry, of I control. To, I didn't mean to swear. You can beep that out. <laughs> I, you I, beep won't, I won't bother. Whoa. Well, I'd like to uh, apologize for my co- poor language. I've become a bad But boy not for saying that I'm out of control. Oh, That's you are fine. out of control. Beck, Keep away from the see bees. See what Beck made me do? She made me say the F word, <laughs> <laughs> which nobody knows about. No. It's a big secret. <laughs> Overseas, I don't know what it means. Yeah. No, I get so. emails every week. What does that mean? Well, the bees. Look, I just mean a bee can ruin a picnic. Oh, well, they can. Well, but let it me can just also say, improve. 
How? This, this Without bees, there would be no picnics. You'd just be like lying on cement. I love that. That <laughs> this, sounds great. This you know, your last name is Petratus. <laughs> could be Greek. <laughs> that... It's not, but yeah. But it could be. But it, it could be, be. And, and that's, that's the that important thing. I thought you were going to say something about being a rat. What do you no. know? Pet rat is, that's me. Have you got a pet rat? No, but I could. Yeah, you could. I reckon you definitely could. Yeah, I reckon you've got a pet rat and you're not telling us. You got a secret rat. <laughs> Which is just a rat. Yeah. Yeah. Rats are, by definition, secretive. One of the most secretive of all the nature's animals. So, uh, mm. That and the fox, <laughs> who is fox. both cunning and wise. Um, but think, it is the yeah. year of the rat this year. Is it? Chinese, Chinese oh, it is, year. yeah. I thought it was the year and of guess the... what? I'm a rat, so... It's are you year. really? Yeah. I'm a horse. I could I'm t- a I horse. Really? Two horses and a rat. Dot com dot <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy that now. <laughs> Two horses, a rat, and a pizza place. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. That would, that's a bad pizza An place. An old sitcom. Yeah. But, but it would be more hectic than the actual sitcom. If there was two horses in a pizza place, yeah. clumpity clump, you don't want that in your tomato paste. No. Continue, Dave. Well, <laughs> our story opens at Apple Yard College, mm. a private girls' boarding school near Mount Macedon in country Victoria, Australia. Does Bloody it hell. exist? What uh, footy team do you reckon they go go for over there? Masso. Yeah. I would just them the... What do you reckon they go for? The bloody... I feel like Magpies people. Yeah, Col- uh, Collingwood. Really? Maybe a bit of St Kilda. You know how people are like... Mm. St Kilda. You know how people are like... Mm. Like Matt. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised I was trying to say that they were bad. Matt's well, all right. Well, no, the, St Kilda and uh, Collingwood would have, been, would have been around there, the older teams. This The year is 1900 mm. and everyone is excited for the annual picnic and even more so because it's a Saturday and not just any Saturday... It's February 14th, St. Valentine's Day. Ooh, love oh. is in the oh, air. Oh, yeah. The rock is not the only thing in the air. It's love. Mm, you're not the only thing a rockin'. Mm, which uh, would be other people in the dark back then. <laughs> <laughs> Still in their clothes. It's always dark. Yeah. It's always dark. Back then. Oh, okay. I thought that was just a sad thing you were saying. <laughs> oh, my heart. Sorry, my it's heart. It's always dark. Uh, the girls all send each other anonymous Valentine's cards and also receive some from home. Even the teachers and staff send each other some. So love and romance is indeed in the air. They all pretend that they're from uh, secret admirers, even though they know that the fellow students <laughs> haven't fake written them. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is old-timey fun. A <laughs> <laughs> senior student, head girl, and one of our main characters, a certain Miranda. Uh-oh. I got a bad feeling about her. <laughs> well, she, of course, received some. She's very beautiful, looking like an angel with blonde hair, as described. And oh. she's the most popular girl in all of the school. Mm. E- even Edith Horton, who was, quote, as plain as a frog, received 11 cards. Oh, that's kind. Yeah, that is nice. <laughs> the, well, it gets worse because the start of the book is a character list, like a like a play. And it has like a oh. little description of who they are in the book. Mm. And for hers, it just says, Edith, the college dunce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the term as plain as a frog is misleading, though, because frogs are quite uh, unique, you know, mm. wonderful mm. creatures. Oh, very so, slick. Yeah, slick. <laughs> she was, and also, she's always wet. You Jumpy. You know if there's a frog about that the sort of surrounding ecosystem is relatively clean because frogs are always the first to go. They're like the bees of the water. In a way, yeah. Uh, and uh, the, that and platypi. If you mm. see platypi in a water body, 
I mean, that's a good water body. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's a good ecosystem that that water body is in, is a part of. My friend back here. Fuck the water body. Oh, side <laughs> swore now. Sorry. <laughs> My no, friend. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Beck probably hates platypuses. Platypi. That's me. I hate all animals that are useful to the fun- continued functioning of society. There what about frogs? There we frogs? go. That's me. Uh, yep. Well, Edith looks like one, so you hate her. She's as plain as maybe a, a bag of rice. Yes. She's as plain as a board, um, a brown board <laughs> in a room. She's as plain as... Uh, like plain chips? Bag, yeah, plain, a bag of non... Yeah, original. Brand, off-brand plain chips. Black and gold yeah. plain chips. I think this is the first thing that we need to change in our rewrite of this classic. <laughs> change that quote. It's Anything all else? Yeah. Anyone else you hate? So they're all getting these uh, Valentine's cards, even uh, the frog girl. Probably the only person to not receive one is the uptight headmistress and founder <laughs> of the school, Mrs. Appleyard. Hey, and so she didn't get – that's good. I don't think any of her students should give her Valentine's. No. She, she was like, it's all silly. I don't I don't believe in this kind of fun. Uh, but she's a spinster. <laughs> well, she came out from England a few years earlier with quite a bit of cash and, and bought the country mansion and turned it into a school. That's kind. It's not certain if she had any educational experience, but that didn't matter as she looks the part. She looks like a headmistress mm. and was introduced to some wealthy families and the school kicked off from there. She is a greying widow mm. and is a stickler for discipline and the rules being followed. Hmm. She's not very fun. Oh, dear. Have a word. So she doesn't get any Valentine's love, but the beautiful and blonde Miranda does. Uh-huh. She's as kind as she is attractive. Uh, her two close friends and fellow uh, fellow senior oh, class. Grind- she's grounded. That's nice. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, yeah. that's re- that's mm, that's nice. Relatable. You know, you yeah. should just treat people nice, and <laughs> even though you might be the most, you know, the most popular, the most popular frog in school. Yeah, mm. it's beautiful. Uh, her two close friends and fellow senior classmates also get Valentine's cards, and they are two more of our main characters. We've got Irma Leopold. Oof. Irma Leopold. You don't hear the name Irma much anymore. Not yet. Oh, I think we should bring it back. Yeah, I'm going to name all of my children Irma. <laughs> all of them? Yeah. How many? Twelve. Okay. Twelve Irma Irmas. one, Irma two, Irma three, Irma four, Irma A, Irma B, Irma C, Irma D. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ermody. Good. Then yes. I'll go into Irma 1A, Irma 1B, Irma 1C. No symbols? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do like I. Irma exclamation um, mark. Replace like the, the A with a four. Artist formerly known as Prince, the symbol. Mm. In Terrabang. Rest in peace, by the way. Thank you for finally. We were all waiting for you to say. We've all been waiting. <laughs> we would have been so disappointed in you oh. if you hadn't done it, man. Rest in peace, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Irma Leopold. She's a very wealthy heiress, uh-huh. and she's the richest girl in the school. Sick. She loves the gossip and loves beautiful things. She's quite vain. Mm. Mm. Uh oh, I think we found our Samantha. <laughs> That's what I was about to ask. Which are you? Are you a Miranda? Or an Irma, I'm the I'm the angry spinster woman. Appleyard, yeah, You're I'm Apple an Appleyard, Yard. I reckon. Or like a character that's not named in the background. Oh, what about you know the other one, the least popular one? It could be her. Edith. Edith. Thank the you. The dunce. You could be the school dunce. Every school needs school a dunce. dunce. That was what I was going for. In Everybody high needs a dunce. I get we that do. cool little cone hat. 
I'm yeah. excited. That's good. Yeah. I would have been the dunce. <laughs> well, you would have, have two, been you're the gonna, dunce? You're going to have to have a yeah. dunce off. We got a dunce off. No. No, I didn't. Um, you. No, nah, you are. You. That's the worst five seconds of a podcast. Oh, <laughs> so I've, unlistenable. I've done worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another option for a character. Maybe you are a Marion Quaid, the most intelligent of our trio of close friends. Nerd alert. She's constantly on the search for information. She's always measuring things, asking questions, as well as being a bit of a know-it-all type. Measuring things. And I think you found our Dave Warnicky of the, of the group. <laughs> I am the Marion Quaid here. Do you We've always... got two dunces and a Marion. What are you measuring? Two dunces and a Marianne. <laughs> two dunces and a Marianne. Quaid. Two dunces and a Marianne. <laughs> I'm dancing, but you can't hear it, so I don't know why I'm doing that. B-52 singles that never hit the light of day. <laughs> two dunces and a Marianne. <laughs> Yarn. Please. French Snyder, you can do what he wants. It's true. So the, the big event of the day is the picnic out to the nearby Hanging Rock, which is a rock formation a few kilometres north of Mount Macedon. Yeah. Which is a, is a real place, which Beck has actually been to. And Tom no. Gleeson lives around there. Really? Yeah. Suspicious. How far away Famed is it? Famed Australian uh, comedian. It's like... A, it's a, Was it an hour and a half? Yeah, not yeah. that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's all right. Yeah, he lives around that area, around Hanging Rock. Beautiful. Beautiful area, apparently. Well, it, is, it is a nice area. He's probably got some green bins for... <laughs> The green? What about yeah, the purple the bin with the glass? Have you seen the purple bin? I haven't seen them up close in person, but I've definitely seen them in pictures. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. The guy that I went to uni with uh, tweeted out a thing saying, I can't believe the Andrews government, which is our state government, is trying to make us into all into unpaid rubbish sorters. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's okay. Rough. He's a liberal guy. Cool. He's a liberal guy. <laughs> Um, I keep um, coming home to all my frames keep falling off the walls, the command strips that I keep hanging them up with. Don't hang them up. So I keep smashing glass everywhere. So That sounds bin... a little Joan Lindsay to me. Yeah, that's, I do think I do have a spook in the house. Uh, please continue. So they're going to Mount Massenden, well, near there to uh, the rock formation, mm-hmm. Hanging Rock. Mm. The headmistress, Mrs. Appleyard, gathers all the excited girls together and gives them a bit of a pep talk about their expected behaviour on the trip. Mm, she cool. tells that despite it being a hot day, that they, can, they can't remove their long gloves until the carriage has passed through town. Oh. So that's the kind of yeah. school we're dealing with here. Yeah, it's conservative. You know, don't show your knees. You know, don't show your hands. But it's <laughs> yeah, it's more. For God's sake, <laughs> keep your hands away. Yeah. The fingers of the eyes to the soul. It's so ridiculous. Still using those English ways, even though they live in a different, you know, See, in the untamed wilds of Australia. It's a very all girls school thing because I went to an all girls school. Really, and it that was also the vibe. You it was wore, like, did you wear gloves? Uh, we didn't wear gloves, but we had to wear ties yeah. with like a. Like everything, and like really brown stockings. We have brown stockings, and then like red and green uniforms. So we looked like Christmas trees, and people used to bag us about it. That's wow, fun. that was sick. I had a uniform as well. I don't believe you. I did. We wear polo shirts. Mm. We're smart casual polo shirts. Yeah. That's cool. Short man. sleeve shirt, button up. <laughs> brown pants. That's it. Oh, that sounds okay. Slacks. Just slacks. Yeah. Yeah. We. Were, I was. I look pretty sick. No offense. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> um, so it's warm. She says, "Keep the gloves on, despite it being warm. Don't touch Edith. You'll get warts. That kind of thing." Yeah. She says, 
Also, keep off the actual hanging rock as it's a dangerous place and full of snakes. An ominous warning, perhaps? Hanging rock is a dangerous <laughs> place and full of snakes. <laughs> she did um, sing a Bob Dylan star song. Yeah. Did they take picnic ingredients? Oh, they've taken cakes, this oh, bit sick. of lemonade, some tea. Good. Where no, but no water. I mean, that is irresponsible. You should mm. always take water yeah, take whenever you go out into the untamed bushland. Or, or Coca-Cola. Nope. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. No. That's still got water it in is, it. Yeah. No, it actively dehydrates you. Yeah, but it's got caffeine. You'll stay awake while you die. That will die you further. <laughs> that sounds great. That's bad for your teeth. Nah, don't need teeth maybe, if you're going to die anyway. Gonna die, who cares? Go for it. <laughs> Eat as much sugar as you want, kids. The end is nigh if you are one of these women in Hanging Rock. <laughs> well, they don't know that. Apple Yard tells them she expects to see them back at 8 o'clock that night. Mm, well, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. <laughs> it's dark. What? She won't be accompanying them on the trip, but the supervising teachers will be Mademoiselle Diane de Poitiers, Ooh. the young and beautiful French slash dance teacher. Great combo. Mm-hmm. As well as Miss Greta McGraw, the school's maths teacher. Uh-huh. Mm. So they're the two going. It's them and a bunch of girls. The only student not allowed out on the trip is Sarah Wayborn, the smallest and youngest girl at the school. She's a 13-year-old orphan who idolizes Miranda, her older roommate. Mm. But Sarah's not allowed to go on the trip as punishment for not being able to remember off by heart a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Ugh. A fatal crime. She has to stay back with the harsh... deal breaker. Yeah, she's got to stay back with Mrs. Appleyard committing the poem to memory. That's Mm. her punishment. That's such a... Turned out to be uh, her... Lucky day. Lucky day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, poetry, for once. That's why I never remember poetry. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case. Any moment someone might go, your punishment, you've got to memorise this Keats. Ugh. That actually is a proper punishment. Keats? Keats. Hmm. You want to recite some Keats to us? Feels like you're angling to recite some Keats. All right. Here we go. We'll dedicate this part of the program to your Keats. Once there was a woman from Nantucket. Is this a John Keats? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's. Uh, She uh, found uh, something and then. she had to do something that was uh, that rhymed with. Beck, I'm afraid you're not allowed to go on the trip. <laughs> you are banned. Oh no! <laughs> you and Sarah, the young orphan. She sounds pretty cool. I'll stay with she's, Sarah. She's she's cool. She's actually got a lot of sass despite her small size and lack of age. <laughs> lack of age. She'll get that eventually. Get some, will she? Question. Oh no. Um, I've got some kids. If you want me to recite, I would yeah, love you. I mean, kids, please. Um. Okay. Do you want... Okay. My heart aches and a drowsy numbness pains my sense as though of hemlock I had drunk or emptied some dull opiate to the drains. One minute passed and lethal wards had sunk. Tis not through envy of thy happy lot, but being too happy in thine happiness... That thou light-winged dryad of the trees in some melodious plot of beechen green and shadows numberless, singest of summer in throated ease. 
How are you ever supposed to remember those <laughs> random assemblage of words? Yeah, like, I, I remember the word throated. Yeah. yeah. Why wow. was Chris Morris reading it out? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> I can't believe it. Having sex in the bed. <laughs> Unbelievable. This, oh. guy is a, this guy is a champion. <laughs> I simply must. <laughs> what am I? Technology. <laughs> Technology strikes again. Jeremy's so clever. It's weird that keeps and him are the it same. Is. I didn't know. That's yeah, weird. it is. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, Learning something every day. It, or you could go that same voice. Sorry, we're getting very distracted. <laughs> yeah. Could be Moss from IT Crowd. Oh, yeah, it is very similar. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> Fire. Fire! Exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to have to get you guys back for the oh, Keats sorry. episode. Yes. Yeah. Where we will pull oh, apart God. some of the... Did you actually have to study some of the schools? Is that why Keats came to mind? I have there? no idea where Keats came from. It came from deep within me. Wow. Yes. Mm. He has that effect on people. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Keats, thank you so much. You're welcome. Mr. Keats. That's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> The original audiobook. <laughs> How good it was. So unlistenable. Try to listen to Keats poetry. Yeah, I have to say that I'm not a big fan of Keats. Mm. Cop it. You heard it here. Mm. Suck on that, Keats. Sorry, Keats. Suck on that, Keats. <laughs> so, about this book that we're supposed to be talking about. All right. So, they, so, Sarah's left behind, but the other girls are off on their trip. They're taken to the rock by a coach pulled by five horses driven by local driver, Mr. Ben Hussey. Our trio of <laughs> great, great footballer. <laughs> what a great footballer! One of the best. I, I love the name Ben Hussey. Love his kicks. Hussey to the left comes in. <laughs> it's good goal from Ben Hussey. <laughs> Is that all he did? He just came from the left, and that's all. Oh, that's all I know. Okay, that's fair. Our trio of seniors, Miranda, Irma, and Marion, sit up front with Mr. Hussey, whilst the other eighteen, including the teachers, travel in the carriage behind. Mm-hmm. They stuff off for some lemonade on route, and the maths teacher, Miss McGraw, Miss McGraw, worries that they've taken too long and won't get back for their strict 8 p.m. curfew. Because she does all those math problems that are like, if you go from here to here, how long will it take to get back? Okay, so I mean, you, there's or, seriously a line in this book where what? they're taking too much time, and she says to the driver, "Why don't you work out the hypotenuse of this triangle oh. and go back this other way? It'll be quicker." And the driver. Is just confused by it and ignores her and goes back the normal that way. That feels like a line you would put in to go like, no, I swear she's a maths teacher. See, she said hypotenuse. I see already some real big OHS problems, which is going to make Miss Apple uh, Yard. Apple Yard. She is liable mm. for litigation after this. What are the Because what? she left them without, all they're drinking is lemonade, okay? And come back by eight, you should have been out. You should have left mm. at like, Eight thirty, seven o'clock. Yeah, I think they in the pretty morning. late. Like mm. that's just irresponsible. You don't want to be hiking or coming down from a mountain when it's starting to get dark. I mean, this is pro- this is amateur level. <laughs> yeah, come on, like this is Basic ridiculous. Mountain one hundred and one. I'm not saying these girls deserved it, but they didn't certainly do themselves any favors. <laughs> it's know? saying that I feel you like need... this was all of my scout camps. Was this? It's like, oh, yeah. we're here too late. All right, just walk. I remember once. They... I bet none of these girls had a Leatherman. You know? Mm. Oh, no. Don't, no. don't put that on them. They might have. They were at all-girls school. doesn't Surely say they had a Leatherman. It says specifically that they didn't. Uh, <laughs> they said, no, they did not There's have a There's a whole section where they list things they don't have. <laughs> we didn't have a, le- a Leatherman or one of those al- uh, alfoil blankets. Or a Trangia, <laughs> the little 
cooking stove. <laughs> yes. You know those? I where do, you I poof, do. Poof. Well, I've never been camping. Uh, lucky. Warnock, never <laughs> been camping. Can't get bit by a snake. Yeah, if you never go, you'll never die. Yeah, that's true. That's what I say. <laughs> okay. If you never go anywhere, you never live. <laughs> oh, but you'll never die that's until true. you die. But you'll die an emotional death a thousand times over. Because <laughs> you've never shut in the woods. Yeah, that's true. All right, I'm going to put that on my list of things to do. Oh, great. <laughs> Good, I put that on uh, So the group arrives at the camping ground and have a lovely feast. They eat, they drink tea, they're merry. Everyone's having a good time. Mr. Hussey, the driver, reminds the teachers that they must leave by 5 o'clock to make it back by 8. See, that's insane. <laughs> Why? you 5 o'clock, it's time to go. Yeah. It's too late. It'll get dark on your way back that's and you're crazy. on a horse. Like, there's no light. That is light. insane. He then notices that his watch has stopped bang on 12 o'clock. Spooky. Another ominous sign, mm. perhaps. Our curious student, Marion, asks the mademoiselle, uh, mademoiselle, the French teacher, if she can go for a wander to measure the base of the rock. Remember, she loves to measure. Mm. She's told to be careful and not to wander off too far and is allowed to go with the two besties, Miranda and Irma, in tow. The younger school dunce, Edith, asks if she can go too, and being kind, Miranda lets her follow them. Like... Not hanging out with us strictly, but you can follow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so they're off. Our mademoiselle does a kick, uh, quick head count. She does a kick and then a quick head count. And realising that apart from the, the four that have left, everyone is still there. So she decides to have a little nap. Which when you're a teacher, it is it's, that is. it's not a good idea. So irritating. The level of <laughs> negligence <laughs> is That's insane. Bad. I That's love bad. that. Someone, I mean, these this school needs to get shut down I would. and sued. <laughs> yeah. If you could do that, like if you had lunch duty as a teacher and you could just go outside, find a tree and have a sleep. Where's the duty of care? I did see a student uh, cigarette smoke. (laughs) Really? And the teacher was was off just napping and the student was having a cigarette smoke. (laughs) Where was this? This was in in, in the area near me. The kids go to the park. Right. Do kids still smoke? Apparently, which is dumb. Yeah. I don't know why you would smoke this day and age. I mean... I started, and it was the worst thing I've ever done. Now I vape. See, I I recommend, what I recommend is have asthma. Yeah. <laughs> From childhood. Wait, uh-huh. you have asthma. I had asthma. That's how stupid <laughs> did, I am. Did smoking cure your asthma? No, it just oh. probably made it worse. It's dumb. Uh, but I wanted to be cool, and I was in the arts, and that's what we did. See, there's I another wish way. I that I not started, to do, be honest. Do you know what another way to be cool is? What? You'd be the lookout for all the people who are smoking. That is cool. That yeah. is cool. And you sit with them and then you go, does the teacher come in? And they then were they... using you back. They were using <laughs> No, you. it was cool. They loved no, my they Gryffindor didn't... folder. They, they thought I was really think... hip. They didn't like your Gryffindor When folder. I came dressed as Tonks from Harry Potter no, for free dress day, they thought, wow, this cow's cool. No, this they ca- didn't. Is Tonks that. a cow? Tonks is a cow. Tonks is a cow. No. <laughs> 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 you were bullied. Out of all the characters in Harry Potter, you chose a cow? Oh. Sorry. Oh, now I've realised. <laughs> oh, well. Well, my life's ruined. All right, bye. <laughs> um, speaking of trauma, what else happens? It feels like things are going too right for these teachers and students. Uh, well, our trio and dunce walk to the base of the rock and pass by some other tourists on the way. Just to let you know, there are other people in the area. There's a man in a toupee, woman in dress, young man in coachman's How cap. How do they know that he's wearing a toupee? It must be a bad toupee. Yeah, it's real bad. Real bad. Uh, this young man in the coachman's cap whistles at the girls as they cross a creek and they hurry away. Cool. Perverts. Thanks for that. 
don't whistle at girls as they cross a creek. No, uh, that guy is problematic. I mean, mm. where those those girls, if they had not disappeared, they would have should have cancelled him on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Well, this whistler's uh, name is Mike, and he's, he was particularly struck by Miranda's beauty. Remember, she's yuck. She's a kid, Mike. You <laughs> bloody oh, gross. Mo- you creep. <laughs> uh, the man named Mike Fitzhubert gets back to his camp and addresses another man, Albert, and tells him that he wishes that he hadn't whistled at the girls, no. as girls oh. don't like being whistled at. That's oh my true. Goodness. Well done. Instant regret. Wow, he's like a woke. Awful man. Yeah, I was about to call him something else. What he's done is he's looked at his behaviour and realised that it's not okay. Sir Ronan? What's happening? I'm just a wise Irishman. Are you from Bewitched? <laughs> no, I'm not from Bewitched. Why would I be from Bewitched? I just think everyone's from Bewitched. That's your <laughs> icebreaker question. Are you from Bewitched? <laughs> I'm not from Bewitched. I have to I'm everyone. from Dublin. It's worked every time. <laughs> But have you ever been to Bewitched? I've never been to Bewitched. <laughs> I don't even think that's a place. I think it's a, <laughs> a television show. Terrible television no, show. No, it's a band, a beautiful band. No, it's not. It's a TV show about a witch and a man who is doesn't like her. <laughs> but it doesn't oh. appreciate her at all. Every time it's like, what have you done next this time, Samantha? I mean, Genie. I mean, wait, same show. Same show. Same cartoon. Bewitched is definitely the better of the two. Is it? Well, yeah. I dream of Genie was an astronaut going, oh, Genie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Genie, what have you done? He he hated her. Huh. Yeah. Same with Bewitched. I mean, the, the, the husband was a dummy. Mm. And Samantha's mother, she knew. And they gave each other hell. <laughs> I want you to explain all, all I remember is the, the, the lot of nose wiggling. Yeah, there's a nose wiggle. Or in Dream of Jeannie, I Dream of Jeannie, she just, she just oh. nodded her head. Yeah. And then she went in the bottle. I wanted to live in the bottle. It looked very comfortable. It looked like a lot of pillows in there. Yeah. Mm. You could roll around in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. As, a, as a kid, I, I realise now that it, I was... I was just imagining a padded cell, but I used to think it would be cool to have like a room that was covered in pillows. Yeah, and you, oh. and you managed to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Help! <laughs> Let me out! I'm having a good time in the cell. <laughs> Thanks for visiting. Um, so Mike's gone back to Albert, his driver, uh-huh. and said, I shouldn't have whistled at those girls. Whoops. Uh, Albert is Mike's aunt and uncle's driver, mm. and Mike is visiting them from England. He's only been in town a few weeks. Oh, man. Not sure that backstory is needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are we with these people now? Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit more about Mike because he expresses concern for the girls in dresses potentially climbing the rock as it's dangerous for anyone who isn't an experienced climber. Well, he's shocked that they're allowed to wander off at all, but then he reminds himself that he's in Australia now and a place where anything might happen. No, he is correct. He is the one person that has seen the <laughs> OHS and duty of care violations no, on force you in can't, this establishment. No, you let women do what they're going to do. It's not safe. They're children. No, let them climb up rock. they got to learn. Well, here, well, they're about to learn because our trio and Edith get to the base of Hanging Rock and are in awe of the formation above them. Edith, the dunce, suggests that they all just sit down and she says, why can't we just sit on that log and look at the ugly old rock from here? But the older girls are keen to go exploring and get a closer look at the rock. They tell Edith 
you wanted to come with us, so you have to come. Where, you have to go where we go. Suck shit, Edith. <laughs> they say that in 1900s old timey speech. Wow. Suck on that treacle, Edith. Ooh. Uh, they continue on and start to climb. Even Miranda says they should turn back as they, they promised they wouldn't go f- too mm. far to their teacher. Mm. But Irma, the heiress, wants the group to keep going, at least to the first rise, which they do make it to despite the hardship of climbing a rock in dresses and uh, school mm-hmm. shoes. They make it to a natural lookout point and look down at the picnic area below them and their fellow students. And they're like, huh, look at them. They're just like little ants. They take off their shoes and sort of just chill out. Irma starting to muck around and dance like a ballerina. Mm. But she snapped back to reality by Edith pointing to Miranda and Marion, making their way barefoot up to the next little rise. Edith questioned, what, what are they doing? Only for Irma to grab her shoes in her hand and follow them up. To her annoyance, Edith begins to follow them to the next platform. So now they're all making their way up even higher up this rock. Oh, God. Miranda was the first to see the monolith known as Hanging Rock coming up ahead. And this is where some weird stuff starts to happen. Marion takes her pencils and notepad out of her pocket and tosses them into a fern. And if that's not weird enough for you... That's not, of, that, that's not weird yeah, enough. That's, that's, <laughs> no. A little bit of a quote here. Suddenly, overcome by an overpowering lassitude, which is fatigue, mm. I had to look it up, all four girls flung themselves down on the gently sloping rock in the shelter of the monolith and there fell into a sleep so deep, uh, so deep that a horned lizard emerged from a crack to lie without fear in the hollow of Marion's outflung arm. Mm. So they all just suddenly hit the deck tired. A horned lizard? Like yeah. a thorny devil? What Puppies. kind of lizard is this? Puppies will put them to sleep. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it is Wizard of Oz. I, that sounds like a great nap. Are you sure? It just, like, I know that this is, like, you know, her narrating it, but that just sounds like they had a good sleep. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey team, just Dave here telling you that this week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Now you might have heard me talk about them before because I'm a big fan of Audible, but just in case you don't know, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. And on there you can find bestsellers, celebrity memoirs, news stuff, business, self-development, all the novels, everything, every month, every member. Get one credit to pick any new title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection. I love that you can listen on the go, in the car, at work. Some people tell me that they listen to audiobooks or podcasts at work. Make sure you're allowed to do that with your boss first, I guess. I love listening in the car. What I did this month with my audiobook credit was, as well as having a hard copy of Picnic at Hanging Rock, I also downloaded Picnic at Hanging Rock on Audible, and I just swapped between the two of them. And if you want to hear Picnic at Hanging Rock read by a professional, I did a few quotes on this week's episode, but I'm not a professional actor. There are two versions on Audible. There's a short amended version read by fantastic Aussie actress Jacqueline McKenzie, which just goes for over three hours if you want the short version. But there is the, the full long version read by Yael Stone, who you might know from Orange is the New Black, another fantastic Aussie actress. And that's the full eight-hour, 41-minute version. So you've heard me talk about it a bit here today. If you want to hear more from the actual novel, you can check it out on Audible. 
And if you go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500, you can get started with your free 30-day trial and your first audiobook will be free. So why not use it on Picnic at Hanging Rock? So one more time, if you want to support BookCheat and at the same time get your free 30-day trial, just go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Thanks, Audible. So they've all just hit the deck. They've fallen asleep suddenly. Mm -hmm. Edith wakes up to find Miranda and the others standing over and she says, Oh, Miranda, I feel awful. Uh Uh-huh. She asks where they when they're going home, and she doesn't get an answer, even when she repeats the question over and over. But do you know it's like when you wake up from a bad nap, though, and you're like, when someone asks you, you're like, I don't know what's going on. Mm. You know, when you wake up from a bad, I feel awful. Of course you do. You yeah, napped on a rock. A, napped yeah, you napped on a rock. You napped on a rock. It's not a good, comfy position to it's nap not in. Good no, thing, no, no. And she's woken up confused because she just had a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's the evening. Oh yeah, of course, because it's almost eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Miranda won't answer it. This is another quote from the book. She simply turned her back and began walking away up the rise. Rude. Well, hardly walking, sliding over the stones on their bare feet as if they were on a drawing room carpet. So they're suddenly like moonwalking forwards away. Oh. So it's a bit of a creepy thing happening. Oh. It is creepy. Edith kept yelling, Miranda, Miranda, but or Miranda, <laughs> to no avail. The, the girls just floated away until they disappeared behind the rock. Huh. Edith feels like she is choking as she yells out. Eventually, she screams at the top of her lungs, but no one is around to hear her. She's all alone. So she starts running down the mountain back towards the picnic, screaming. Mm. Um, what do we think just happened? I mean, it just sounds like, why is she screaming? Like, it just sounds like they left her behind. I mean, I would be they screaming. Floated, uh, they floated across the rock. They just like slid they up. They moonwalk. Up, uphill. Yeah, we all got to get somewhere. <laughs> Some way. That's true. Well, that's, I suppose that is true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, well, no, mystery solved. Yeah, right, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, what is this? What is a demon, a devil, uh, a prehistoric Australian spirit? Who knows? Who can say? Yeah. Well, we'll continue to ponder that question. There's going to be a few more weird things. We cut to Mrs. Appleyard, who awakes from a nap about four o'clock at the school. Why She's... is everyone napping? Wake There are up. so many naps in this book. I loved it. I had a nap today and it saved my life. Really? Yeah, so good. Incredible. Love it. So she's there after a nap, taking, uh, taking the nap. She's there with orphan Sarah Wayborn, who wasn't allowed to go on the trip because she couldn't remember the poem. Not John Keats, but something you there, orphan Sarah. <laughs> you stop talking. Tell me, calling me that. Uh, Mrs. Appleyard tells her that if she can't remember it, or she can, if she can remember it, then Sarah can eat cake in the garden. But to her surprise, Sarah, who has a lot of lot of chutzpah, a lot of sass, tells her that she can't remember the silly poem and is punished by being sent to bed without supper. So she refuses to even try. Huh. Well, that's just slack, isn't it? <laughs> I mean. Then she kind of gets to go have a big sleep. I reckon everyone's getting some nice sleepy rewards. Oh, I think that's sleeps. all right. I don't want cake. I want a big nap. It should be called uh, Sleep at Hanging Rock. Sleeping <laughs> around. Sleeping around Hanging Rock yep. in the area. Picnic at Sleepy Rock. Sleepy time in Picnic Rock. <laughs> <laughs> rock at Sleepy Picnic. 
It's just <laughs> as terrifying. <isn't> it? <laughs> uh, so the group was due back at 8 o'clock. Let's not forget that. But by 8.30, the headmistress begins to worry that something has happened. Oh, really? Now she's worried. <laughs> okay. She has to wait another 90 minutes before the coach finally comes home at 10 o'clock and reveals that something terrible has, in fact, happened. The French teacher, Mademoiselle, gets out to explain to the headmistress but is overcome and faints. Uh The coach driver, Mr. Hussey, instead explains to Mrs. Appleyard that the other teacher, Miss McGraw, Miranda, Irma and Marion, have all disappeared. And so the maths teacher disappeared Mm. too. She's gone. So the the book then... All the ones that walked away. Mm. Yeah. And that was all the girls, wasn't it? Uh, Except for Edith made it. Edith made it back. The frog. Sick. The book then snaps from uh, from being told by a narrator to an extract of Mr. Hussey's a story of the situation as told to a local police officer the next day. So it's like extract from police statement. Throughout the book, there's letters and other documents to sort of give the truth of the story more weight. This style of storytelling is called epistolary and sort of makes it seem sort of legit, which I can mm. see why some people would be like, did this really happen? They do a lot in fan fiction, I think, when people don't know how to write things. Oh, right. People are like, oh, I know how to write an article. I found a novel. I, I mean, found I- a novel. <laughs> write a novel. I can't think of how to write this novel. How about my character finds a novel and just starts reading that? And then that's what happened to Doogie Howser. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's Doogie Howser. Yeah. Then they sat down and started reading War and Peace, Chapter 1. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, just bumped, bumped up the manuscript to 1,200 pages. <laughs> the end. All right, what else were they doing? Then I went to bed. Amazing. The book that they're reading in this book is genius. <laughs> On page turner within <laughs> a book. It's very meta. Yeah. So we cut to a police statement. The statement to the officer informs us that after Edith came screaming down the rock, the mademoiselle woke up flustered. Remember, she had a nap. Yeah. She thought everything was cool. Mm. Only to he- do a headcount of the group and notice that Miss McCraw, the other teacher, was missing as well as the three senior girls. A search followed, but as darkness began to fall and with the remaining girls becoming quite hysterical, they decided to head back to the school. So they just left her. They didn't call the cops? Not until the next day. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> you know, the next so day. wild. That's insane. So the school goes into crisis mode. Mrs. Appleyard tries to get the story from leaking out and swears all the girls who are very upset to secrecy. Only Mr. Hussey is allowed to tell the police what happened the next day. He's allowed to go uh, make this statement. So there's a cover-up. Not only is there negligence, but there's a cover-up. <laughs> I love how you hate this school so much. This is insane. This school needs to be shut down. Let's shut them down, people. is criminally negligent. I mean, I would love to go there. It sounds great. They let you have naps on a rock mm. and run away. Tom I would have Gleason loved to have done show that. up and say, it's time to nap hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> uh, the police search the rock in the daylight but come up empty-handed, so mm. they get a local Aboriginal tracker as well as bloodhound dogs on board to aid in the search. Mike Fitzhubert, the young Englishman that whistled at uh-huh. the girls before they disappeared, joins the search with Albert, the coach driver. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why? Hang on, wait, the girls are back there. Say again? Are the girls back there? They took the girls back? What? No, no, he's the one. He whistled at the girls. This is before. afterwards. Oh, sorry. Police, they finally called the police. Yeah. I, thought they, I thought they got all of the girls from the boarding school to go looking for oh, the no, other no, girls. No. They, at Seems at like the I'm night, sorry. they disappeared. They did try they and search, but right. then afterwards yeah. they're at the school and now there's this Indigenous tracker as well as bloodhounds, police officers, mm. and then Mike and Albert are like, we'll help search as well. I also think this, I was reading something about this book like uh, – 
really made people – people went to Hanging Rock, obviously, after the movie as well mm. and sort of whitewashed the history of the area. I think there was awful things that happened to the Indigenous people in the area. Like I think they all yeah. got removed and it like – so now this whole area has this very – whitewashed idea of some girls going missing. Oh, no. Yeah, this is the mythology of the land instead of the original. Oh, yeah. I actually was reading Which it. is classic. Australia. Uh, Australia <laughs> if really. you go to the uh, Hanging Rock Visitor Centre, apparently it is all, there's like statues of Miranda from the movie. What? And, stuff like that. and some people were a bit like, well... Let's start focusing on the uh, <laughs> the shit that the thousands happened. of indigenous years, not the stories, not that, the made yeah. up story. Yeah, yeah from but sixties. But they're like, guys, that's that's our most famous thing. That's, that's so classic. That's like how oh. uh, you know Australia Day was only made po- popular in the nineties, and they're like, no, it's our tradition. <laughs> and this was done in the sixties, and they're like, no, it's the legend of the land. <laughs> that's actually the ancient history of this land. <laughs> it is quite. We're just like. Oh, it doesn't, that doesn't suit us. This one, <laughs> this they, thing that never happened. They definitely think it happened, though. These people, they're like, yeah. no, nah, Miranda really went missing. We need to find her. That's like them having a fucking Braveheart statue of Mel Gibson is <laughs> yeah, in Scotland. What the fuck? Yeah, if they're like, oh, no, this really happened. Now, please buy these Miranda-themed socks. Like, it's it's all about it selling is stuff. Classic tourist trap. The tourist trap. Shameless. Only good tourist trap. Shell Museum likes entrance. What? What is the shell? Is it about shells? Yeah, it's got a big octopus. The history of shell. <laughs> we're we're planning a bright future of fossil fuels. No, not that. <laughs> it's actual Keep shells. on driving. <laughs> Keep on buying plastics. Everything's fine. <laughs> Climate change, a myth for the ages. Have you been to the big pineapple? No. So the big pineapple on the inside for a long time. Uh, I loved it because you went there and it was so sad because Golden Circle used to run it and then they left mm. and it got like it was in disrepair when I came and the whole inside of the giant pineapple in Queensland was full of like uh, the Golden Circle production process for pineapples even though they were gone and it was all dusty and sad and it was like here's how they make the pineapples for Golden Circle <laughs> yeah, but they right. but they'd left long ago spooky and <laughs> i could see how spooky that might be that's the spookiest story dusty i've ever heard pineapple. spookiest story is that a pineapple you've ever heard i'm so sorry that was such a weird aside <laughs> yep <laughs> I, en- I enjoyed the have you been to the big pineapple oh no You weren't lying about the pan pipes. <laughs> they are pan pipes. Uh, yeah, you're right. Is this right. from the movie? I yeah, nailed yeah, yeah. it too. It's a good. <laughs> At Makona, <laughs> we pick the beans fresh <laughs> so that you can enjoy <laughs> premium coffee, <laughs> flavorful and aromatic. Enjoy Makona with friends. Also... Some girls might disappear. <laughs> I miss 70s movies where they were like, sponsored by coffee companies. Yeah. This was actually used in like a Makona or an Escafe. Really? Well. Yeah, yeah. Love it. The spookiest coffee on the market. I this can... coffee is extra spooky. You know how like when people get a harp, like they play... I like this. Do you want to just uh, yeah, underscore the whole, this? Yeah. The whole second half of this episode. Yeah. If you had a pan... P- 
Like, if you know how to play the pan pops, you would constantly be asked to please play this, and that's it. I disagree. I think that people would be constantly asking you to not play it. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> I'm not going to buy your CD. Please leave. <laughs> I'm going to get some pan pops. We've been working outside this Forever 21 for <laughs> nine days. Please stop. <laughs> Dave, how would you feel if I bought Pan Pipes to the office and this just became the undertone soundtrack if you got of good, working here? I think if you're like, it's one of if you could play this, I will give you a couple bucks. Well, Seriously? Or that no, other right. song, the one from Kill Bill. Oh yeah, the Lonely oh. Shepherd. The Lonely Shepherd. That's why. Oh god, that's a great song. I reckon mm. I can do it. Okay. It says Jackie Weaver in it. Yeah, Jackie Weaver plays one of the teachers in the movie. I love I Jackie Weaver. Don't mind telling you how much I love her. She's been around for a long it's time. It's a very yeah. spooky way to tell me with this soundtrack. I don't know why. <laughs> why are you putting it closer to well, the that microphone? Well, that sounds like, a, like an outtake. <laughs> oh, oh. It's part of the imperfections make it so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Imperfections should be celebrated and not, you know, in, in there, are no, there are no mistakes, only beautiful little gifts. <laughs> now I want you to take a big deep in, breath in and then out. Picture yourself on a hanging rock. Oh, oh. oh am I your, hanging? Your friends are moonwalking. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't answer you back. Your teachers are negligent. Oh, no, we're Edith. And there's a cover-up. <laughs> and take a big, deep breath out. And slowly open your eyes. That's the oh. most relaxed I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the way I relax. I yeah. just think about a bunch of girls getting s- stolen. <laughs> well, whatever helps you sleep. At night. <laughs> uh, what? How does this conclude well, this merry tale? Well, speaking of Edith, she claims to remember nothing of what happened and is taken back to the rock to try and get her memory going. She does remember seeing Miss McCraw as she ran screaming down the mountain, something she'd failed to remember before. That she, seems like a big detail. She tells investigators that Miss McGraw looked funny and they soon discover that what she means by this was the teacher was wandering around in her underwear. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 Did the, the, the pan barber just got an erection. <laughs> oh, God. That was great timing, wasn't it? I like this. I like you describing it with this with a score, you know. I think it's spooky. I think people like it. That spookiness. I definitely got spooked. I've, t- I've never that. jumped during a podcast recording before. Uh, despite Appleyard trying to keep the scandal quiet, nothing quiet about this, the whole town finds out about the missing girls and reporters begin to flock to the school and to start harassing and start harassing the headmistress. That's fair. It's written about in the press as the college mystery and Appleyard gets lots of letters from worried parents. Reluctantly, she comes to the conclusion that the girls probably aren't coming back and that you'll have to write to inform their wealthy parents. She's worried that the incident will certainly affect the, quote, prestige and social standing of the college. Uh, yes, nah, it absolutely no, will it and should. Nah, you can have a few girls disappear. That's it's only just, three. Yeah, it's As just a percentage, stats. it's only like 10% or This is like that Brisbane private boys school all over again. <laughs> Did something bad happen? That oh, we... yes. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Uh, she also wishes, and this is uh, less forgivable, that she wishes that either Edith or Sarah had disappeared instead. What? Rude. Wow, that's <laughs> that is crazy. Cool. That is pretty brutal. That is so brutal. I mean, would they have been missed as much? 
I think that's her thing. She's like, so maybe she killed her husband. Especially the girl mm. Irma. She's like, oh, she's like the richest girl at this school. Her parents are pretty wealthy and powerful. I wish it was this orphan or this annoying dunce that kind of disappeared instead. Well, maybe you shouldn't try to make people remember poetry. Yeah, maybe you should do your freaking job. You freaking a hole! <laughs> now, now, let's not go too Whoa, hasty. The language is pretty serious. There, she so. only accidentally lost what three kids three and a teacher. No, absolutely, she needs to be sl- shut down. This really? is ah. ridiculous. Child services. She's going to be on a Netflix documentary. Okay, <laughs> this oh. is just begging for a Netflix doco. But if these bad things don't happen, how will we have Netflix documentaries in the future? Oh, so you're saying that you're glad these things are happening so that we can have it your entertainment. Yes. Well, that's rude. <laughs> Please continue. So rude. Mike, the Englishman, becomes obsessed with the story. <laughs> I was worried it had stopped. He starts talking to the driver, Albert, and tells him that he thinks the girls are alive. What? Mike, he's like, I've got, I just think the girls, I think we've got to try, try and look for them. The two he sneak just, away ugh. from Mike's aunt and uncle to conduct their own search. They leave at dawn the next day, and as it gets dark, Albert suggests that they go back, but Mike wants to stay the night and keep looking. So Albert heads back to cover for Mike's whereabouts to his aunt and uncle, and Mike keeps searching for them in the daylight. Hmm. Just like the girls, as he approaches the rock, Mike becomes sleepy. He falls asleep, only to suddenly wake in pain. He's bleeding from the head, freezing, and thinks he can hear laughing. He again passes out before waking and thinking of the beautiful girl Miranda, whose name he knows as he heard one of the other girls yell it when he saw them crossing the creek. He begins to yell it as he crawls over boulders. What does that sound like when someone yells Miranda? Miranda! (laughs) (laughs) Miranda! (laughs) They all have the same voice. Yep. Back at Mike's uncle and aunt, aunt's house, the driver Albert sets off to see where Mike is and he finds him unconscious. Albert gives him some brandy. Before he goes to get help and returns with a doctor. I love the idea of anyone, like, coming to guest on a podcast and just, <laughs> instead of talking, just holding up a soundtrack. This is important. I think it's oh, good. I think it's adding something, but it's very funny that you're moving away from the microphone <laughs> and letting the Well, you know, I've got nothing good to say. He's the podcast DJ, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a podcast DJ. I'm available for podcast parties, <laughs> podcast bar mitzvahs, podcast weddings, and podcast funerals. Here's the nut bush. <laughs> That's all you do. You go to a podcast, make them all stand up. Yeah. I've been doing that a lot this podcast. Please stop me. Uh, I, I mean, there's only one DJ on this show, and his name is Ben Russell. DJ Ben Russell in the house. <laughs> Where do you come up with your name? Well, I take my first name, then I take my second name, and I put them together. Wow. So your DJ name is if you take your first name, yeah. your surname. <laughs> that's what you that's your DJ wow. name. That's... Everyone try it. Yeah, take, <laughs> take your first, take the day of your birth, okay. and then the month of your birth, yes. and then the year of your birth, and that's your birthday. <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy, man. It's a simple trick. You can tell, ta- you like, what sort of person are you? And then you say, you put in your name and your date of birth and what sort of person you are, and it tells you what sort of person you, you know, are. You know how people use those for like phishing scabs? Like they're like, tell us you're this thing and you're this what? thing. What? That's a much like clearer way to get someone's birthday than getting it through other means. I love it. Thank you. Hey, you just come up with a great scam. Yeah, well done. Well done. <laughs> Top scammer in the land. Ben. So they get Mike home. He's the one hit on the head with the rock. But he's injured, but he, he's not that injured, but he just needs bed rest. Yeah. Whilst Mike recovers, Albert does a bit of snooping in Mike's notepad and sees a note that he wrote just before he passed out. It says, Albert, 
above bush, my flags, hurry, ring of high, up high, hurry, found. The word found without a D on the end. From this, Albert realises that this is a clue that Mike did find something important out there on the rock. So Albert tears the page from the book and goes with a police officer and another doctor back to where he was fine to see what he can see. They find an unconscious Irma. What? What? One of the missing girls. Comes back. One of the missing girls. Who, apart from being unconscious, is actually unharmed. Whoa. That's the spookiest. That's spooky. I know. (laughs) They take her back to Mike's uncle and aunt's house called Lakeview. I hear it's a great view. Oh, it's beautiful. The lake. And they nurse her back to health. Mike wakes up but has no memory of what happened to him out on the rock. No one's got any memory of what happened. Hmm. He is told that one of the girls has been found, but is disappointed when he hears it's not Miranda, only Irma. Cool. <laughs> Everyone is very cool in this. Everyone's very chill and cool. It sounds like what's happening is like a gas leak. It sounds like this <laughs> rock is Cosbying people. <laughs> oh, no. That's much worse. Yeah. It's, this is Bill Cosby Rock. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. You go to the, the, uh, the Welcome Center there. <laughs> the alternate name. Oh, dear. Uh, the press get wind of the news. Sorry, I nearly continued on without, <laughs> without the news. Get wind of the news that the heiress Irma has survived and sensationalized what is already a sensational story. Mm, double sensation. Oh. <laughs> That's all I want. That sounds like double sensation sounds like a condom thing. <laughs> double sensation. <laughs> it's double it. Double it up, double it down, and double your money. Double sensation. <laughs> it's such a wonder that the condom companies aren't paying for your copy. <laughs> oh, amazing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Appleyard tries to keep control of her students and keep them calm. Well, that's a change. But, but she's yeah. fighting a losing battle as many of the students are very affected by the situation, unsurprisingly. Mrs. Appleyard takes her stress out on Sarah Wayborn, Ugh, the littlest girl in school, who despite her age and size has a lot of confidence. I thought you were despite her age and size, punches her in the face. <laughs> I love that. Sarah, <laughs> again. Yeah. I don't like it. Suck it to her, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is an orphan but has a guardian who pays her fees and when one payment is late, the principal takes her out of class as punishment. Sarah, who really looked up to Miranda and also shared a room with her, is very upset by her disappearance. But Mrs. Appleyard cuts her no slack and continues her punishment. So hang on, so the punishment was you don't have to go to class and you've got your room is now a solo room. Yeah, I've been negligent, I'm bullying you and now, oh, you can't do this... I hate Apple Yard. Oh, my God. I don't like her. She's not a nice person, I can tell no. you that. That's She's my She's the villain of hey. the piece in The Rock. Yes. Being a principal is hard. No. No, okay. it's not. It's, if it's you're really a principal, tough. you do nothing. No, it's really tough. You, you do gotta... absolutely no, nothing. The vice gotta... principal does all the hard no, you disciplinary get up. stuff. you got to get up and you just tell the – you go, yeah. teacher, you do this. Yeah. I'll sit. I'll chill. Yeah, you got to sit down. Yeah. you got to sign everyone's report card. Ben could be doing better. <laughs> well, listen, okay, I would be doing better if you guys were better teachers. Wow. Barbara Godwin, <laughs> old principal of St. Mark's Anglican School. Yeah, shout in out to Hillary's. Principal Harton. You also were very scary. You scared me. Mm. St. John's Primary School, Frankston. Mr. R- Stopher, though. Actually, nice guy, even though that he was the scary one. But I saw through his scary demeanor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I had the same sort of thing. We had a nun called uh, 
Mary Stack and she was a principal she was a principal at our old girls school and I once got called to the office because we were filming something on the uh rail like the road crossing outside the school and mm-hmm. then a car beeped at us and went get out of the way and they called the school and complained. And Mary Stack called me to the office. Only time I've been called to the office was like Beck Petraeus come to the office. How like, do they know it was you? Ah! <laughs> they knew I was running around with a camera. Anyway, <laughs> I, I got called in, she was like, What happened? And then we explained and she went, Ah, oh, that sounds fine, whatever. Yeah. That's on them. Thanks a lot, Miss Stack. Thanks, Miss yeah. Stack. You were very angry, but you seemed to hate other people more. <laughs> you hated the public more than the kids, and I love that. Sounds like she's a lot better than what was your principal? Mr. Stofer. Nice guy. Saw him trip over once. <laughs> <laughs> Did you recover or no? Did it's you hard do to it? It's no, 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 like but he went to it. wave at me and he tripped over and I, oh, I you oh. know what? I chilled out on it. I didn't tell anyone. Huh. Is this mm. the first time you've told anyone? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I saw Mr. Stouffer trip up. Now I think he's the principal of bloody that school. Mr. Not, a, not anymore. Not after this. Mr. Stouffer <laughs> tripped over sounds like a great children's book. Mr. Stouffer tripped over. <laughs> Mr. Stouffer was a mean. He seemed mean, but he was not that mean. And then he tripped over. The end. $25. <laughs> I'm going to do it on next week's episode. Yeah. That's great. We'll pull Tripping it over with Mr. Stouffer. <laughs> That voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm scared of that Me one. Me too. I'm going to leave that one behind. Speaking of being left behind, over at Lakeview, <laughs> Q soundtrack. Both Thank Mike you. and Irma, the heiress, have made recoveries, but are still unable to remember any of their ordeals. <laughs> that is so high pitched. I know. It was a very talented pipist. It's by uh, Georges Zamfir. Oh, that's the same guy that does uh, the Lonely Shepherd. Yeah. He really was Doina, a talent. Oh. Doina Suspeculmia de Lului. Who's that? That's what it's called. Oh, a catchy tunnel. Mm. Mike and Irma become friends, and Irma develops romantic feelings for Mike. No! But has oh, no idea if he feels the same way. No! She thinks not that he's not into her when she reveals she is about to leave Australia to join her parents back in Europe, and Mike doesn't really seem to care. She also has no idea that Mike was sad when he discovered that Irma survived and not Miranda. Hey, so, wait, how did she find out? That's a no, she No, she doesn't know that. But oh, she doesn't know It is a bit Oof. tragic for her that she's like, one of this guy likes me. It's like he was literally upset when he found out you were alive. Oh. Brutal. Love is hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> is that the take? Yeah, okay. Oh, Irma goes back to her school one last time to see her classmates and say goodbye. On her way there, she's swept into Mrs. Appleyard's office who sort of grills Irma and tells her that it's irresponsible that she leaves before her education is complete at the school. To which Irma responds, the only thing she learned at Appleyard was from Miranda. Snap. Boom. Getting red. Throwing shade. So much shade. Irma goes to say goodbye to her classmates in the gym, but they are not happy to see her. They all sort of stare beyond her at the space behind her, as if in a trance. And the teacher, Mademoiselle, the French teacher, wonders... What they're all looking at. Sounds like a gas. What are you looking at? <laughs> hey, was that French? That what your, are you looking at? Is that your French Je voice? sweet, what are you looking at? Jim and Pell, curious lo- as to what you are looking at. <laughs> Croissant, what are you looking at? Qu'est-ce say, what you looking at? And it only gets weirder from there, guys. 
A student vomits. One begins to flail uncontrollably on the ground. <gasps> Some screaming, uh, scream at her, including Edith the dunce. The mm. girls begin to surround Irma, yelling and demanding answers about what happened to the other students out there on the rock. They start to grab her at her as, as they transform into an angry mob. The mademoiselle steps in to protect Irma as Edith yells that Miranda and Marion and Miss McCraw are all dead and now are rotting in a cave on Hanging Rock. Oh, no. The only thing that saves Irma is at that moment, Tom, the school's stable boy, walks in and him entering the room distracts the mob. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That is actually legit, though. Oh, a man. He's one of only two men on the entire property. This This book would not pass. Actually, it would pass the best of test. Yeah, it definitely does. I feel like it passes the all-girls school test because whenever a boy appeared, (laughs) there was like a guy guitar teacher at our school and he once came up to go up and he was like, "Uh, Jill, is Jill here? And then for the rest of the year, it was me just going, "Mm, is Jill here? <laughs> Just because it was a boy. Hey boy, he's a four out of ten, but everyone's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Look at this boy! Look at this boy! There's a single boy here. <laughs> he's he don't even know if he's single. <laughs> this is one hundred percent a coffee ad. I'm not even making this up. This is really? like yeah, a I think it is. It's that one where Kenya. they're running. Yeah, I think I've I know what the one you mean. We get the finest beans from Kenya that makes Makona's. <laughs> A beautiful cup to remember. It seems like Ben's being paid by Makona to talk on all these podcasts. I do love Makona. You bring him up on every show I hear. I know, but I love Makona, guys. (laughs) I'm a big fan. Uh, People say, people say, oh, instant coffee is not good, but you you put in too much in. Put a little spoon, one teaspoon in. Maybe put a little bit of sugar. No milk. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Saying this in the middle of Melbourne with our coffee culture. How dare Coffee culture is a lie. It's 2020. All coffee is the same. It's only about the beans. The what? beans, Beck. Coffee machines will make coffee machines. 7-Eleven. Coffee make machines you... will make coffee machines? Yeah, True words, <laughs> never spoken. <laughs> They'll make other coffee machines. Two <laughs> coffee machines come together. They kiss. That's how a smaller coffee, that's how you get those little pod ones. <laughs> wow. The rock has me in a trance. <laughs> you are in a, a coffee trance. <laughs> a coffee trance. <laughs> nothing we enjoy more than a nice warm cup of Makona with friends. <laughs> and getting lost. Was this what you expected to talk about during this episode? When I knew Ben was coming on, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I thought we're going to talk about uh, no, Be we're going to talk about Makona. Yeah. I th- I'm surprised it took this long. Me too, to be honest. I've really, I've really let my uh, sponsors down. <laughs> Makona, if you would like to reach out to me, my email is in the link below. <laughs> would you really like to put your, I'll put your email in if you like. <laughs> no. We owe your Makona needs. No, but just reach email out. Email brand ambassador Ben reach Russell. Reach out to Dave Warnikin. I, will right. be, uh, I finally want a brand that I believe in. Yeah. Okay? Instead of pies. I love pies. It's not a lie. It's real. But, you know, I was the face of four and 20 pies in a a footy ad. Really? Did you get any pies? Were you jealous? Yes, on the set, did you get lots of pies? We had so much pie (laughs) that you could not fathom how much pie we had. Was it too much? It was too much pie. It was so much pie that we would be, like, biting it. At the end, we bought it. We bit into the pie. Spat that out into Seriously. the bin and then threw that bit. <laughs> was it that so pie in the Someone's job to hold a bucket for you to spit a pie. No, into we it? had little buckets underneath us out of camera, and then they would come because we were in the middle of the MCG. They were, they had this extendable paddle that they would 
bring the pie to us with this like extendable <laughs> pat, and we just go, "Thank you very much." I think I ate probably around ninety pies, ninety to almost a hundred pies. How were they warm? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were well. well nice. Did they, they pay you still? Or they were like, that's... No, they paid me a lot fed. of money to eat pies all was, day. Was it multiple days? No, it was one day. In one day, you reckon you just bit into 90 pies and spat most of them into a yeah, bin? Yeah, well, at the start, I was quite hungry, so I actually ate a lot of the pie. Because they, mm. they, I mean, they might be lips, hooves, and a-holes um, in sort of a watery goop gravy that's maidenly bread. Yeah, but you're in the MCG. What better place to eat a pie? I know, but it was actually 20. delicious. And sometimes we had it with ketchup, which is how I prefer my plain pie. Otherwise, I get a flavoured pie, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah flavoured yeah. pie? Yeah, like curry, yeah, steak, like cheese, and curry bacon. Pies. Yeah, beautiful. I will automatically, if I have to have a choice between the plain sort of run-of-the-mill 7-Eleven pie or a beef, cheese, and bacon, traveller's pie, I will take it. You're travelling? I'm always constantly on the go as a busy mum. <laughs> no. I don't have time for no round pie. If you were a busy mum, no. Do you know what's the right pie for you? What? Party pie for partying. Oh, All the time, are... you go, you go. Yeah, ah, this is outside. Ah, this ah, is on my way ah. to the parties and organising parties and picking up my little ones and doing their laundry. I take traveller's pies, I put them in all my pockets, and I just snack on them. Yum, 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 yum. And that is why I have a cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> and that's motherhood. That's motherhood. That's motherhood. It gives me the energy I need to breastfeed. Pie energy. Ben pie is energy. here. Ben, the spokesperson for breastfeeding. And <laughs> I got big pie energy. <laughs> <laughs> you've, eaten, you've eaten so many pies that your breast milk becomes gravy. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. don't want to. I'm imagining Stop it. Stop looking yeah. at us. I'm imagining it. When you no. find that woman, you're going to marry her. Yeah. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> That's my icebreaker question. Would you, would you consider eating enough pies to breastfeed uh, gravy? Yeah, can you nurse gravy to me like have, I'm a little baby? Have you got <laughs> a little meat baby? Have you got meat pie boobs? Who's the, what's the, ah. I'm still looking. Yeah. Still looking. Stop looking. <laughs> when you start sort of secreting gravy. Give me a call. I mean, that's a big, strong <laughs> child. A big, strong child needs gravy milk. <laughs> oh, Gravy milk. No. Oh. One of the highest oh. in protein. You can dr- <laughs> imagine you can grow the biggest baby that you can. He would be a giant. He would be both a pro wrestler and a pro footballer and a pro basketballer. Well, he'd just be sick. Not good on skates though. Don't try and get him to <laughs> <laughs> we found that out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, he is a nightmare. <laughs> Cannot skate. We could not catch him. But he can kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this roof is a mess. Help. So Irma's gone back to Europe. She's escaped the mob. Remember, she came to say goodbye, and they all just went into a trance around in a very weird situation. Mm. Mike decides to stay in Australia and travel the outback with his friend Albert. Albert gets a check for a thousand pounds from Irma's family for his help in finding her. That's oh. a lot of money back then. It's more money than he's ever seen in his entire life. But it's, this is possibly the only nice thing to happen in this entire book as well. Speaking of not nice things, though, Mademoiselle goes to speak to Mrs. Appleyard about young Sarah Wayborn, our orphan. Mm-hmm. Sarah has still been acting out and looks pale and sickly and has started to refuse to eat her meals, going mm. on a bit of a hunger strike. Mrs. Appleyard tells Mademoiselle that Sarah is no longer around as her guardian has already picked her up. That what? night, Mademoiselle goes to clean out Miranda and Sarah's old room. Remember, they used to share a room. Now there's mm-hmm. no one there. Yeah. So she goes to clean it out. 
Surprised, and she's surprised to find that Sarah's most prized possession, a small portrait of Miranda that ever since she disappeared she was obsessed with, has been left behind. Mm -hmm. She thinks she would never leave that behind if she was to leave on her own will. (gasps) She's pretty sus on this and writes a letter to the local police officer saying that she suspects something has gone wrong. That night, our headmistress, Mrs. Appleyard, goes into Sarah's empty room and has a flashback of standing over the young girl screaming. But we don't know what that means. Hmm. The next day, the same Mrs. Appleyard gets a letter from Sarah's guardian telling her that he's going to pick her up in three days. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> Tim Allen? Uh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Boop. Oh, were they over the fence with Wilson all along? Is that where all the girls are? They're not tall enough. I don't think so, Tim. Great reference. Thanks very much. If you want a collection of all my great out-of-date references for this podcast, subscribe to benrussell.com.gov.co. Oh, I have to buy that now. <laughs> it's a government domain. You're not going to be able to do that. I'm just going to let you give that to you. Guys, Ben said this on my part. I need to buy this. Otherwise, anyone could put anything on there and they'd think it was my associated with me. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Uh, Please continue. What happens? We we are so close to the end of this novel. Where's it going to go? The police officer, whose name is Constable Bumfer. Great. (laughs) Bumfer. Got him. (laughs) Which is a bit of fun. He gets the letter from the mademoiselle that says something is wrong and she suspects that Sarah Wayborn has disappeared. Bumfer asks his wife, who's the town gossip, what she knows about Mrs. Appleyard. Love a town gossip. Oh, yeah. And he's... Here comes that gossip. (laughs) He's told that there is rumours that she has a terrible temper and also drinks a lot. She's going to get blamed. So Bumfer (gasps) decides to head to the school to uh, see what's happened to Sarah. Later that day, the school gardener starts to smell something awful near the flower bed under the school's tall tower and notices that some of the flowers and bushes are crushed he cuts them back only to find the dead body of a girl (gasps) or quote something that had once been a girl in a nightdress that's the first dead body we've found yeah Yeah. the body's face is crushed in beyond recognition Mm. but there's only one girl that school uh that's ball in the school and that's sarah wayborn so he knows who it is straight away mrs appleyard is told about the discovery and lets out a whale like an animal Imagine if it went at that moment. That yeah, would be good. Sweet. Oh. Yeah. Fix that in post. Yeah. After collecting herself, she asked her groundskeeper, Mr. Whitehead, to drive her to the local police station. But once there, rather than go in, she approaches Mr. Hussey that she sees and asks him to drive her out to a friend's farm near Hanging Rock. He drops her off outside the farm. She tells him that she'll get a lift back from her friends later, so he leaves her. But rather than go into the farm, Mrs. Appleyard keeps walking and heads towards Hanging Rock. And as the rock comes into view, Mrs. Appleyard makes a terrible face and shakes her fist at it. <laughs> Damn you, rock! Damn you, Why? Bart Simpson! <laughs> Why do you keep stealing my girls? She sees it. She, as, hang on, she blames the rock. She sees it as the source of all her misfortunes. Yeah, that's amazing. What a what a you. Oh, that, she's blaming yeah. the rock after all of this. <laughs> she has absolutely no responsibility. <laughs> 
in this. She has not accepted responsibility. There's been no growth in this character. She has just gone from shirking responsibility to shirking responsibility (laughs) to criminal negligence. She thought that a student had left. Did she see the caretaker at all? No. So, you know, she just lost a student on her own ground. I love the idea, yeah. After bullying, relentless, I would say, persecution, harassment and bullying, she drove this student to taking her own life. Well, it kind of sounds like she also was screaming above her bed. She probably did it. This whole thing is mm. is not... I See, I believe that this is not, in fact, a supernatural tale. It is done from an unreliable narrator, mm. which is Mrs. Appleyard, Shirking yes. responsibility again. She so blames blaming. the rock instead of the countless mistakes uh, and lack of any responsibility and negligence for duty of care that she's done. And this is all just a metaphor for her own incompetence. Well, that's good. Yeah. And oh, Irma good. <laughs> was Irma the only witness to the girls disappear? No. Who no, was uh, the, Edith the Edith. dunce also saw them float away. But it, she could have had like a bit of a nap and woke up and gone, oh, I dreamt they floated away and then they were just gone. Another thing to back it up, do you think it's odd that she was obsessed with Irma and Irma was the only one to really return? Ooh. So this is, again, I think that she killed them. If she's not yeah. dire- indirectly responsible for their deaths in the fact that her negligence, then I think that she's directly so she says that she's been napping when really she went around, murdered these people. I mean, if people were calling you the school dunce, uh, I'm not I'd talking about Edith. I'm talking about Mrs. Appleyard. Appleyard. Oh, Appleyard too. I think, Appleyard the, I think is they're the in it together. Murderer. I think she's, you need two people to make this uh, make it happen. I don't think so. I think it takes I think two, baby. It takes two, <laughs> baby. Please, is that are we? Uh, oh, we're so close to the end. There's one yep. final scene here. Shit, Oh, sorry, yeah, we'll wait for the music. We'll wait in. for it. Good. So she's walked out to Hanging Rock after shaking her fist at it. Mrs. Appleyard. She's also depressed because uh, the following year there's only eight students enrolled. Oh. Yeah, that's a lot Because everyone else has pulled their kids out because she lost two kids and a teacher. So they're like, <laughs> yeah. we, we, she's lost her prestige. Well, good. She hmm. skillfully climbs the rock despite having never been out there before and once on top sees a vision of the ghost of Sarah Wayborn in a nightdress with one eye fixed and staring from a mask of rotting flesh. Her own guilt. Yes. Very Shakespearean. Mm. Mrs. A dagger yes. for me. And she yes. says to her, you must put in place proper procedures yeah. to take care of children. Mrs. Appleyard screams and runs towards a precipice and jumps. This is the quote. The clumsy body went bouncing and rolling from rock to rock towards the valley below until at last the head in the brown hat was impaled upon a jutting crag. So she's Sick. impaled. Ooh. Pretty gruesome ending. I feel like you can't really jump from Hanging Rock. Like, oh, yeah, you can. It's big. It's oh, big no, rock. now I'm looking at it. Yeah, you could jump from it. You're crazy. But this part, like the actual Hanging Rocky part that I'm showing you guys. Oh, yeah. right, sure, sure. But the, the formation itself. The formation yeah. itself, yeah, sure. Uh, the final chapter is an extract from a Melbourne newspaper written on the 13th anniversary of the girl's disappearance. Mm. So 1913, Valentine's Day. We discover that Appleyard College was burnt to the ground in a bushfire the following year. And despite having uh, several searches being conducted, the two girls and their teachers were never found. A small piece of petticoat believed to belong to the teacher, Mrs. McGraw, was found, but nothing else. Irma went to live in Europe and had uh, given a few interviews over the years but remained, uh, but never remembered anything further. The final line of the article and the final line of the book is, Thus the college mystery 
like that of the celebrated case of the Mary Celeste, seems likely to remain forever unsolved. That's good. That's the yeah. picnic and hanging rock story. If this was uh, sort of a more recent, if that was a Murdoch paper, then it would be Andrew Bolt defending <laughs> the rock, uh, the rock. The, <laughs> both the rock and the headmistress. Yeah, she's not that bad, you bloody guys. <laughs> and then afterwards, we'd have to go. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I'd like to apologize. I, I have a book. It says I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm a bye moron now. And I, no one should listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, Beck, you were saying that you think so. It's intentionally a mystery. Did mm. Mrs. Appleyard kill Sarah Wayborn, or did she jump from the tower? What do you? Guys well, think? I think indirectly well, that she was responsible. She bullied this woman till she could not go further. So, I think that she coerced this student into mm. into her own death. And in terms of, you know, the students going out to ha- hanging rock. I think through her own inaction and incompetence, she is solely responsible for the death of both, all these women. Whether that yeah. is all of this supernatural is through the sort of motif is actually just manifestations of our own guilt and uh, sort of the duality with inside this woman in the fact that she does have a bold personality. You know, she mm-hmm. is a, a schizophrenic. Oh, right, sure. Yeah, through the grief brought on by PTSD and through the grief of her own hmm. husband has manifested this sort of split personality. Because mm, she's obsessed with control. Yeah. Mm. So Is Apple Yard an anagram for something? I don't know. Dar <laughs> So there you go. So I can't think we've got to the bottom of that. I think. (laughs) 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 I think, as someone who went to an all girls school, I think the mystery is less that. Mm. I reckon those girls just ran because it sucked. It Mm. sucked. It was bad. Like, I would have ran from that. If I got the chance to, uh, number one, you have lemonade, you got cake. I would run into the Macedon Ranges. I'm off, man. Yeah. I don't want to go back to having to wear a school tie. And then try to deal with all my all my friends, mm-hmm. yuck, mm. <laughs> into the woods with me. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, and then the thing Ben said probably about the death. I think it's probably true. Or a gas leak. It all sounds like yeah, a lot of a... gas leaks were involved. I think I think when like, you said gas leak, I was like, actually, yeah, someone left the stove on <laughs> at good. Hanging Rock. <laughs> the little trangia. But oh no, that's not. That's can you get high on methylated spirits? Because you use methyl spirits. Only if you drink it. Maybe they're Remember, hiding. kids, you've got to drink methylated spirits <laughs> in order to get any high off it. I mean, otherwise, it's not going to do a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Look, I yeah, I think they ran off. Yeah, but I do think I do think Mrs. Appleyard did a murder. But do you, yeah. do you believe in any of these supernatural elements? Nah, because I don't think if you go to Hanging Rock, you just walk there and you're like. I mean, it's got some barbecue areas. She blamed it on the supernatural elements it further sort of to illustrate the exploitation of white Australia on, uh, you know, Aboriginal culture. So she sort of exploited this Aboriginal culture to be as an excuse for her own wrongdoings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you waiting for us to disagree with you? I don't know. I'm just exploring. I'm not neither. Oh, I don't sorry. just put forth. No, I think that these are all good possible explanations. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, do you reckon they, you know how some um, 
things on TV will happen because like a tourism department will get in touch and go, hey, you can come film in this area and you'll get a tax break. Mm. Do you think that existed for books? Do you think the... The Massenden Council Tourism Board was like, please write we'll give this you a book. Tax rebate, <laughs> put us on the map. Do well, it did. Yeah. That, it did. Yeah, it really did. Like, I wouldn't know about Hanging Rock otherwise. Really, do you think it's? Do you think Hanging Rock went to this uh, author and was like, "Hey, can you make a creepy allegory for guilt and <laughs> compulsion to death for to kill <laughs> and neglect?" I mean, about our little place. <laughs> Put us on the guilt map, baby. <laughs> Put us on the guilt map, baby, tonight. <laughs> Put us on the guilt map, baby, this evening. God, I feel sorry. God, I feel sorry for me. Well, with that beautiful song, it's time to score the book out of five. Uh-huh. As you've heard of here today, what do you think? Is that... An Australian classic for a reason, or did you not enjoy it? I enjoyed think? your retelling of it, and I think it definitely is a uh, Australian classic. Um, I don't know. I sort of feel like the story was okay. Mm. I would have loved to have gone a little bit more psychological into it, have a little bit more psychological sort of uh, trip out sort of moments, even though there were a good amount. I think it's cool. I like it. I like it. It's very atmospheric. Mm. Spooky. 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 Pan pipey. It does a lot with not much. Yeah, you, that's very true. It doesn't really, it leaves a lot of gaps for you to fill in. Yeah. Like the rock formation. Yeah, you rock. can really sort of interpret it uh, however you like, which is yeah. nice. I, I like that. It doesn't spoon feed you these sort of things. And these characters are quite flawed and, and uh, you know, that, and that's also part of its weakness is that, these characters are all kind of flawed or too two dimensional, so it's hard to really feel sorry or f- go for them. Yeah, there's not really way. many like, nice characters. No, nah. so Mike is kind of this weird, creepy dude that's in love with a girl. Mm. She's seen once and whistled up. Yeah, and you know, Irma is kind of. I, I never really got aside from being rich. <laughs> that was her thing. That was her studious. thing. I mean, that just seems a little two dimensional and shallow for a character that um, is one of the only ones to survive. Aside from Edith, who again is kind of, I think she's the one uh, kind of sympathetic character, but she's still very annoying. Yeah. Mm. Um. So it, it, it what it lacks in I think likable characters, it it sort of keeps propped up with sort of this sort of intriguing mystery, atmospheric dread mm. vibe. And translating to a score. What do we think? Oh. Is it out of five? Out of five. You can go as specific as you like. Fractions, halves, whatever you want. I might just go 3.5. A 3.5 3. 5 5. out yeah. of five from Ben. I Beck. think the two-dimensional characters will let it down a little bit and kind of the fact that it is nothing very nothing happens. Mm. It doesn't really... Oh, no, I'm going to bump that up to four for the gore. Four for the gore. Four for the gore. For yeah. being uh, stabbing on a four crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four for the gore, I was sure. I'm going to say three... Three? Because I I wish there was more, like I wish it used hay, like Hanging Rock as a place more. It just feels like it throws it in at the start and then you go back to the boring old thing. I wish it was more set around there. And it wasn't enough the, picnicking. Are you from the Hanging Rock Tourism Board? Hello, it's me. <laughs> Please come to this place. There's just a rock. We have two barbecues. Didn't put us on the map enough. No. There, I think there wasn't a lot of picnicking. 
Uh, I was disappointed at the lack of description. Yeah, and of I did picnicking. message back telling her what the book was. She's like, "Great, I love picnics. I love rocks." Mm. And then that mm. was pretty. Yeah, really I think it was low on this promise. Mm. But I, I do think I agree with you. There's a lot of atmosphere. You mm. can hear the pan flutes, though. That might have just been Ben playing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. you can definitely hear the pan flutes. You can hear the pan flutes from my phone. Mm. Uh, Peter Weir. Heard the pan flutes. Oh yeah, and he was watching a coffee commercial. He was like, "I'm going to use that same. I'm going to use that same music. I love, I love coffee." He's a visionary. He takes inspiration wherever he sees yeah. it. Yeah, I love coffee, and that's why you know, in Master and Commander, another Peter Weir film, uh, you know, Russell Crowe stops and goes, "I'm the master and the commander, and I enjoy." <laughs> A nice warm cup of Makona. <laughs> I, I feel like chicken tonight. I feel like chicken tonight. Uh, yeah, I think it was a good book, uh, but not like, you know, there's not a lot to it, but also what what is there is okay. Right on. So you're a three, Ben's a four, I'm halfway in the middle, I'm a three at point five. Okay. Because I've got to say, I didn't love reading it at the time. I enjoyed, yeah. I, I just found it slightly, a bit of a slog despite it being quite mm-hmm, short. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the story, the idea of it. And I also, what I bumped up from a three to a 3.5 because I really like the effort that was put in to make it seem real, which I think mm. is quite yeah. inventive. Like we're talking about stuff. Like Still the, fools yeah. people today. Yeah. And like, so we talk about the Blair Witch Project and stuff yeah. like that, which was like 30 years later. And so I felt like this was not a, a game changer, but quite influential in a way. So, yeah. I, and I thought that was inventive. So I was like, all right. And you can't. Hats off. The reason I gave it a four as well is because you can't. I mean, for better or for worse, you can't deny that it is very much a part of, at least, sort of this fun Victorian mythology mm. and legend, which, you know, again, for better or for worse, we don't. We kind of have like, what do we have? We've got fucking Bush Ranger man, Ned Kelly, mm. and that's it. We, you know, uh, that's kind of it in terms of Booney. Yeah, <laughs> you got Booney <laughs> doing got the Booney? hundred beers. Yeah, <laughs> the God. You got you got Bob Hawke. Bob Hawke d- doing a hundred beers. Doing a hundred beers. You got uh, my uncle Matt. Yep, hundred beers. Oh, what a guy, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think you know, in a relatively sort of sparse land of fun, this has managed to permeate. I think the lasting zeitgeist of that area, even if it is to the detriment of the actual stuff that happened there. Mm. Yes. Very well said. Well, before we wrap up on uh, Hanging Rock this week, um, did you know that this show is supported by people on a thing called Patreon? I did not know that. What is that? And if I did, I would have never come on. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is disgusting. How you dare hate you? hate crowdfunding type oh, I you platforms. Hate people using their money to help fund the arts. <laughs> <laughs> Keep away. Scott Morrison? Yes, it's me. <laughs> I'm here just before I head off on another holiday. I'm Scummer. Aloha. Aloha. Fuckhead. That is our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, whose yeah, <laughs> catchphrase is aloha, fuckheads. Yeah. Because during bushfire crises, he likes to run off and go on holiday to yeah. Hawaii. I feel... Privileged that in my lifetime we get to see the worst prime minister in the history. Of yeah, that's pretty. Im- I feel I feel not great about it, but that's good. You found some solace yeah. in the privilege. Yeah, that's beautiful. People are like Menzies was a bit of a <laughs> jerk. Yeah, well, Menzies, yeah, is a jerk, but he's no Scott Morrison. No, no. <laughs> 
is this the is this what you want? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. We, we go around the table you. and say our worst yeah. prime minister in our lifetime. Yeah. Are we all on board for ScoMo? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd... it's fun. It's, it's imagine it's if I just went, no, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> just me turn around, and be like, no, she was the worst. Remember that speech she did where she said Tony Abbott was sexist? How dare she? How dare she? How dare she speak up? Stop. It takes a lot of courage and bravery to be <laughs> worse than Tony Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It really yeah. yeah, it's impressive. That's tough. The reason why he, sorry, this is not your podcast, but like. At least he kind of believed in something, whether it was mm. I'm going to be as big as, you know, knobhead as I can. But at least he believed in something. Scott Are Morrison you... believes in nothing. No. Anyway, sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your most hated prime minister. Yeah. Uh, whether, so from wherever you're from. Is it Kevin 07? <laughs> Do you hate handball? <laughs> Why is he good at handball? It's He's got to have a thing. Yeah, yeah to okay. make him seem human. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I just... like sunning myself on a rock. No! <laughs> no, Rod! <laughs> oh, no, you're a lizard! <laughs> <laughs> well, what people do do is they uh, they don't tell me about their f- most had a prime minister, but they do tell me about their... F- most favourite book. Mm. And I read out to say thanks to these three people for supporting not only this show, but also Do Go On, which is the this is a spin-off from. It's also Primates and now Matt's new show, Listen Now. So many podcasts are supported by these beautiful people. And if you want to do so, you can do that at patreon.com slash do go on pod. And this week, I would like to thank Christopher McAuliffe. Who says, my favourite book, anything C.S. Lewis touches is gold. And though I know Dave probably won't do, quote, mere Christianity, the Chronicles of Narnia are fantastic. Mm. They are good books. I liked them. What's your favourite book, Beck? Um... TV, TV guy. The TV guy. <laughs> still listen, still read the TV guy. No, I think I've talked about. I really like the Dirk Gently books a lot. Oh yeah. Um, but I really liked as a kid. I think Lion Witch in the Wardrobe was my favourite book. But I think it's because mm. I watched a TV special that I really liked. Um, that was that. Thing. You and Christopher McCullough are on the same page, Ben. Yeah. Would you say you have a favourite book? I would say my some of my most enjoyable reads have been the uh, two thousand one whole saga. Mm. The whole thing, yeah, 2001, Clark. 2010, 2035, 2000 and something like that. It keeps going up. Oh. I like, really like them. They're a really good read. Oh, there you go. Uh, and You're... also Masashi. I don't know that. What's Masashi? Yeah, what's that? By, I will murder his name. It's like Eiji Tozokawa or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I'm so mm. sorry. But great historical fiction. About the Robin Hood sort of legend, oh Musashi, the greatest samurai. Do you know? I also, very good read. I also liked. Um, there was a, a Wishbone book. Mm. You know, Wishbone, the TV dog who talked about books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Robin Hood on the front. Mm-hmm. I liked that book. There you go. And if you flicked the corner, you could watch um, Wishbone catching a ball as a cartoon. Yeah, right. Favorite book as a boy, probably John Birmingham. He died with a falafel in his hand. Oh, really? I just loved those books. Wow. It made me want to go move to Brisbane and be in a share house. <laughs> Live in a Queenslander. <laughs> yeah. What a, it really that, did. That feels like a very achievable goal. Yeah, you well, as done. a kid, Why I didn't know any it? better. Still haven't done that. <laughs> still, still haven't done oh. it? Still have not done that. Mm. Come on, you but. two can die with a falafel in your hand. Yeah. That's the dream. Uh, Danny McMeans tells us favourite book has to be Jurassic Park. Oh. It is so much better than the movie with so many more dinosaurs. It's quite different. There's quite a lot of differences in that book I heard. 
Hmm. Well, he says the only bad thing about it is that rereading, you can see the women really don't do much. Hmm. And do they go like, pterodactyl's not a thing, and they say it over and over again? Is that a thing? I don't think pterodactyls are a thing. I think they're a type of, I think pterodons are what they are. Pterodons, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't. They've been like, oh, wait, this was actually maybe two dinosaurs. And we've had, we've yeah. had this. And they, well, like, they fell, they died on top of each well, other. Well, yeah, it's like Brontosaurus. They were kind of like, oh, we can't really say Brontosaurus anymore. Mm. And a Velociraptor's turkey size? Like they're really yeah, small. They're tiny. Yeah, they're yeah. tiny. Mm. Maybe feathered? And Am they I all had feathers. Up? Yeah. So they actually all have yeah, feathers. Actually, <laughs> actually, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are not, uh, not actually accurate. It's a. Uh, and uh, I don't think oh. Jeff Goldblum ever uh, has seen a dinosaur before. Uh, 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 oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I summoned him. Uh, chaotic and chaotic and uh, tiny, tiny imperfections in the skin. <laughs> 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 uh, now, 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 faster, faster, faster. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, oh screaming, <laughs> uh, running. The only impression you could do with her is just. Oh. <laughs> My dad finds oh, Jeff Goldblum oh, oh. to be so creepy that when he was on a billboard for menu log near his town, he found a different way to drive so he didn't have to drive <laughs> past the billboard of uh, Jeff get Goldblum. Some, get some menu, menu log. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, 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 your friends are. <laughs> <laughs> Your friends are ow. 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 Oh, oh, look out. Oh, my God. Thank you so that's it. That's all I'm doing. Well, we have one final entry here into the uh, favorite book club, and that is Sam Henson. Favorite book is Going Postal by Terry Pratchett. Oh. Not a classic. I just like Terry Pratchett books. Mm. No judgment here, Sam. You can like whatever you like on this show. Like what you like. We Terry appreciate Pratchett's good. You writing into tell us. I have had quite a few people in this section of the show tell me they love Terry Pratchett. I would love to dive. I've always wanted to dive into his books. That's one of those series that I've always been like, I should really just check it out. Because it's kind of that sort of Douglas Adams style, but for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I like that charming kind of English. Yes. Mm. Dry wit. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of books out there that we all should read. There's a lot of books out there we all should read. Like the game. No, not that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, imagine Uh, if I tried to explain the game on here. It'd be so good. You should get two women on and explain to them the game. Yeah, explain to them. Yeah, Yeah. mansplain to (laughs) them the game. But you got to neg them. (laughs) One of the worst things ever written. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I never read it, though. That's why, you know, I've got a loving relationship. <laughs> 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 oh, Yeah, you read that book, it ruins you forever. That's yeah. kind of cool. It's like a curse. Sure, surely is one of the opening lines, will you ever eat enough meat pies that your breast milk will turn to gravy? If you want a truly reprehensible book, uh, what is it? It's so bad. I don't think it would ever be released now. Mm. But I hope they serve beer in hell by Tucker Max. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that guy he used to be big on the internet in the two thousands. He'd yeah. write these like outrageous stories about being drunk and yeah, totally fabricated. But still, yeah, I remember yeah. as a twenty year old, oh, no, that's fucking funny, man. Yeah, but you know, I also liked Fight Club. So yeah. I mean, I didn't know any better. We were we were just kids back then, and I apologize. Do you remember when everyone was like jackass? Everything was jackass. Yeah. There was a period there where I was like, let's all get in a trolley and hurt ourselves badly. Well, actually, there was a uh, sort of a skate slash surf video called Tension Mm. that was a locally produced video in Perth, and they would do stunts like that way before Jackass was around. 
Really? Yeah. So it was like this sort of skate video series, and they would always do like stunts, dumb shithead stunts in in public. And so hang in, on. in between the surfing and skating. Videos. But they never took off and got rich like the Jackass no, no. guys. Yeah. Are you trying to say Perth is responsible for this? Because I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Perth had tension before Jackass. Thank you. They Perth. were doing it before. For that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for Johnny Knoxville. Thank you. Yeah. Bless you. Well, on that note, that brings us to the end of another fabulous episode of Book Cheat. Ben Russell, Beck Petratus, thank you so much for joining me. Now, Beck, when are you firing up your se- seasoning two oh. of your fantastic that's podcast? Good. You which should was- use seasoning two. We have used it. No, yeah, yeah. no I saw that from the yeah, good, 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 the, um, good. Kentucky Fried Chatton was the name of the original podcast where you, mm. Xavier, and Pete have all been on the show now. Yes. Uh, uh, all talked about... Well, you reviewed menu items from KFC until you'd eaten every single one, including the refresher towelettes, I believe. Well, we didn't eat. Th- well, we should have ate them. It would have cleaned our insides you, a bit. Didn't you put them we in your mouth? We did give them a lick. Oh, yeah, you licked them. I thought yeah, we you gave did. them a I lick. thought you did. But, you know, we also ate Kentucky burgers, so we don't have. <laughs> yeah, we don't right. make very good decisions. What's wrong with Kentucky burgers? They got suck. Slaw in them. Barbecue sauce. Get out of here, Yeah, man. the barbecue sauce is no good. I always say nix it. Get it out. Not but I do that at all fast food places. Barbecue sauce in any fast food place. Texan boy? Yeah, that's why I have oh, bloody it's not standards. Right? Oh, yeah, fair. It's all actually. like sugary berry juice. Yeah, it's, it's not real barbecue. Somewhere along the way, Australia, Australia thought that this was barbecue sauce when they've, they're wrong and they've lived all their life being wrong, and it's sad. And that's interesting coming from an American. Yeah. Oh well, we can. There's one thing our <laughs> country might be <laughs> in ruins, <laughs> but we can always say. Sure, we may have, you know, be sort of warmongering, sort of our last gasp and our president's a moron and mm. we, you know, are terrible at looking after our own people. But we've got barbecue sauce and everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine. Spend, tr- you know, trillions of dollars. And we've got friends. tomato sauce and you've got ketchup and that's... Ketchup is better. No offense. Oh my I'm sorry. God. Oh my god! The only thing this is, this Australia does well end to the show. The only thing Australia does well is aioli, okay? Which is just like oh, garlicky it. ranch dressing. Uh, this is disgusting, and yeah. I'm I'm saddened. Anyway, we've got we do have a new podcast coming out. Uh, ben won't ever be on it because come on, bad get me on there. I've got hot takes, uh, and it, it's, it's got a name change though. Yeah, we're going. Well, it's a different sort of format. It's going to be called Food Fight. Look out for it soon. We're not. We're we have done some, but we are going to probably drop a whole bunch. Uh, there to is confuse not a day. the oh. algorithm. Yeah. Confuse <laughs> the algorithm. Um, and make so us release think ninety episodes at once. Popular than we are. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, it's coming out soon. So please stop asking us about it. It's happening. Stop it. Fantastic. No, please I'm glad keep asking. I brought really it up. Nice. Yep. Really is there nice. anything else that you would like to tell people to watch, listen to? Yeah, just watch Gamey Gamey Game. It's a YouTube show. Beautiful that, show. Uh, you can watch. Um, <laughs> beautiful show. It's a beautiful show. Uh, it's got Ben on it. So Yeah, Ben's know, also on Gamey Gamey Game. Yep. Uh, please, please do watch it. I think it's a good show and it's funny. Fantastic. And Ben, apart from Gamey Gamey Game, where can we see or hear or love you? You can see me. I irregularly update a YouTube channel called Little Scamps with Xavier <laughs> Michaelides. Check that out. It's always a lot of fun. Dog Hello? Is that Do- what it is? Yeah, Dog Hello is the channel. Uh, also, <laughs> we've got The Grub Podcast, a sketch podcast with Greg Larson and Ed- Edmonds on myself weekly. 
We do all new sketches every week. It's really fun. It's very, very funny. Mm. I'm a big fan of it. Also, I've got a brand new podcast as well. It's called Time to Die. And we ah. get two comedians. They write for each other. And then we go to a comedy club in Melbourne. And we they have to do it. <laughs> and we record it all. And people don't know what's going on. And it's been quite fun. And that'll come out later, probably in at the end of March. Okay, fantastic. So... Mm. Keep an eye out for that. And you're also doing lots of shows at the Melbourne International Too Comedy many Festival. shows. I'm doing Walking Funny with Funny Lady, which is an immersive walking tour around Melbourne with characters. And I, it's nonsense. Please stop buying tickets. It's selling out. <laughs> I need people to stop. <laughs> um, I'm doing Dick Griblet, which is like a Jerry Springer style show. Slightly improvised with lots of guests through the festival. I'm doing Little Scamps Live and I'm doing a Grub Live. <laughs> Little Scamps Live always gets the most joyful reaction from people. We don't know what well, we're just going to scam stuff. So you can yeah. bring stuff in, you can scam it, you know, check out the YouTube to figure out what I mean by scamping. I'm not going to explain it to you. You're a grown person. <laughs> Do a little research. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate your time on this uh, episode, team. We've, thank you for having we're us. We're not a picnic to Hanging Rock and we came back alive. That's right. Not many people can say that. No, they can't. Um, <laughs> we're going to play us out, Ben. Here we go. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, you can, of course, uh, follow BookCheat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BookCheatPod. I've got an email. It's BookCheatPod at gmail.com. And also in the show description, we'll have Ben's email for you to uh, <laughs> email him. <laughs> Any suggestions? Please do not email me. Yeah. <laughs> but- I feel like it. to this, you should be going like, Oh, do you want to roll? Do you want to roll with some lettuce? Here, I'll give you the roll. Like it, you know, like an actual picnic where you've got like, it's all very dull. I wish that was what this music. Anyway, what a good note to end. I on. love this music. I've got to say, I do too. It's beautiful. Uh, you could also suggest a book. There's a link in the description of this episode. Tell me what kind of classic you want me to tackle, and I'll shout out to you when I inevitably get to it. But until next week, I'll say thank you for listening. And as we always say here at Book Cheat, books forever! Miranda! Miranda! You just fade out. Okay, I'll fade out. Do you fade out this usually? You just fade it out. How long much has it got to go? Like 20? It's minutes? a long track. <laughs> it's like you got seven or eight minutes left. Yeah, oh, I'll, okay. I'll be the wolf whistle lady. Man, sorry. Oh, I can't whistle. <laughs> what a time to discover that. <laughs> Bye, everyone. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 